Broadcasting from a radioactive bunker deep inside the bracket compound, this is Show Spoilers 22. It's the season finale of Westworld Season 2. There's a lot to unpack here. I'm very excited to get into it. But uh, first of all, let's get our introductions out of the way. This is Kevin Brackett, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Brad Hyen. Hey, Brad. Hey, Kevin. How's it going? It's good. I cannot believe Season 2 of Westworld's (laughs) over after, what, a year and a half wait? Uh, for you, yeah. It was just a couple <laughs> weeks for me. <laughs> you bastard. Yeah. Seriously, you're going you're gonna to have to understand what it's like now to wait. Uh, in an interview with Jonathan Nolan, I think it was EW, they, they were uh, asking some questions about that season finale, and we'll get into all of it. But they said something like, Are, do you have a release date in mind? Are you thinking 2019 or 2020? And his answer was very vague, but it was along the lines of, well, we want to make sure we take time, and there's a lot going on, and there's a big world, and blah, blah, blah. So I have a feeling it's going to be another year and a half long you know, at the least wait. So not excited for that, but what are you going to do? Right. No, I, I, uh, you know, I appreciate the quality before speed, you know, if they keep giving us good content like this and it takes time to do it, then I'm all but willing to wait. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it comes down to is, is really it's, it's, uh, you know, it's the quality and we don't want them to rush it just to appease fans who are impatient and then have everybody crap all over it because it's not well thought out. So Nope, don't want any of that. But uh, before we get into this episode, let's do our shameless plugs here. Of course, we would love for you to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Rate and review us. It really helps. Every time we get a rating and a review, it bumps us up in the rankings. More people can find it. So it's just a great way to uh, help spread the word about the show. Uh, Of course, share it with your friends, whether it's verbally, Facebook, Twitter, you name it. Uh, We always love a share of the show. So we appreciate you for listening. Appreciate you sharing the show. Also, go ahead and follow us on social media on twitter at all the spoilers you can follow us on facebook at facebook.com slash real spoilers and join the league of show shares which is the official facebook group of real spoilers Uh, that is of course our sister podcast where we spoil the movie of the week last week it was jurassic world fallen kingdom which brad and myself both reviewed along with tom on the show so uh that's that was a doozy (laughs) (laughs) yeah it wasn't great uh interestingly enough though the connection to westworld is of course michael crichton wrote the film wrote the script for westworld uh much before jurassic park and the two of them both share very similar ideas obviously a theme park uh with the attractions coming to life killing people so a uh, nice little tie in there but uh this jurassic world is the fifth in the franchise and we will discuss if maybe it has worn out its welcome but uh i won't spoil it here that's uh you know that's all the shameless plugs we have for today. Uh you know maybe someday we'll be sponsored by Dollar Shave Club or uh, <laughs> Kindle or whatever whatever the other things are Blue Apron. Um, Brad, uh, do you ever uh, do you ever come home from work and you're just too tired to go grocery shopping? <laughs> Every day. I know I am too. <laughs> and uh, for that, there's McDonald's. So yeah. moving on, uh, let's get into this episode, though. Uh, like I said, season two, episode 10, the season finale, The Passenger. It's a bittersweet moment because, of course, going into seeing the episode, you know, the first on my first watch, I was so excited because, yes, it's, it's the big season finale. We're going to find out what happens. It's an hour and a half long very excited to watch it on the other hand like we mentioned earlier it's a you know a year and a half wait before we get another one at least so yeah. uh you know bittersweet going into it but uh, a lot happened we got a lot of answers we got a lot of questions as these shows tend to do so uh first of all i just wanted to ask overall impressions uh with how they wrapped up this season brad uh, what were your thoughts 
I I really enjoyed it. There were some uh, complaints that I'm sure we'll get into um, about halfway through it that, uh, you know, I think we both discussed off the air of, of like, what were they thinking? But, uh, you know, maybe it'll maybe it'll come around. But overall, um, the teaser at the end, like the way that it all came together from where we started, um, you know, I was I liked it. I was impressed with with what they did um, pretty, pretty thoroughly. Nice. Yeah. And I will say, too, I was I was pretty I was pretty pleasantly surprised with the way they tied things up because there was a lot at stake, a lot on the line. Um, you know, was it perfect? No, it wasn't. Do I have complaints? Yes. Uh, I think a lot of uh, a little a lot of little writing things similar to a few episodes ago when we were talking about the writing in that episode when Dolores and crew were attacking the cradle. I think there are similar writing flaws, uh, some maybe, uh, you know, really coincidental things, a little deus ex machina, um, just a little bit of coincidental stuff to, to you know, push the story forward that didn't make sense to me but overall i enjoyed it i thought it was a fun ride uh some surprises that i didn't see coming and uh, yeah. <laughs> a couple of my crazy theories though too though i you know i some things that i predicted episodes ago where it's always nice to put a little feather in your cap and just say hey you know i've got all these crazy theories it's nice to have them pay off yeah so yeah um i would say uh let's just let's just get right into it it's a long episode uh you know i don't think that we need to necessarily go through every line of dialogue but let's try to go through the most important things sure i know brad and i both have some good notes and so uh we're gonna go off of uh, brad's uh expertise here (laughs) and uh, uh why don't you kick things off for us i'm taking the reins huh you are all right the show um finale starts off with uh dolores and arnold the the flashes that we've been seeing throughout the season of of the fidelity testing and let's go ahead and 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 we'll just spoil it everyone who's listening to this clearly has seen the episode if you haven't no excuses but uh you know it's been about a week you've had time you're listening to a podcast called show spoilers (laughs) so of course uh you know it's it it warrants the discussion of everything and so the point is we're going to be able to discuss it a lot better rather than circling back at the end sure it's already going to be a long episode so uh i say right here uh you know you're led to believe that this is maybe another scene from the past maybe another uh you know they they tricked us in the beginning of the season thinking this was Bernard trying to create Dolores, where, of course, we found out earlier that this was actually flipped and it's it's Dolores interrogating Bernard. Uh, but in this scene in particular, we found out that this is actually present day and it's Dolores recreating Arnold, of all things. Yep. So big surprise there. I, I did not see that one coming. I don't know about you, but it's... They, yeah, they, it was... Uh... It was something crazy. Um, just one of the many things this episode that had me thinking, like, man, where are they going? Where are they going with this? But uh, yeah, definitely did not uh, see that coming. Yep. So this uh, we'll get we'll get into this a little bit later. But this is actually an Arnold's basement in the real world. So having seen the episode, like we all have, we know that Dolores does get off the island and is able to recreate Arnold in the basement of his house that he originally built for his family. Yep. It's insane. I'll probably be saying that a lot this episode, so I hope I, it doesn't get too repetitive. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, it makes it makes sense. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on. So carry on. Yep. So um, it's a really short scene, as Kevin said. It will uh, we'll be going back to that uh, two or three times throughout the episode. But uh, it then transitions to um, Bernard pulling up to this bunker. What we'll later find out is the forge. And um, one of the questions I had was he parked so far away from it. I, I, it didn't appear like he ran out of gas or anything, but for, <laughs> for like dramatic purposes, I guess he had to walk the rest of the way. Did oh, you think about the, that at all? Or 
you know what? I didn't until now, but I 100% agree. They do this all the time in films. One of the ones that really stuck out to me recently is a movie I love, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, the first spinoff. Sure. Uh, whenever the bad guy, uh, Ben Mendelsohn's character, goes to to get uh, Mads Mikkelsen, uh, you know, uh, he, he parks so far away with a crew of stormtroopers, <laughs> and they all march in a line, and it's like, he's in a spaceship and he's at a farm full of acres and acres of land. He could have parked right in front of the house, but yet he parked at the bottom of the hill, marched in a line to give our characters time to look at it. It was dramatic. They got time to do what they had to do. Like so silly. And it's not like they were getting the element of surprise. They weren't sneaking around like they were. Yeah. I mean, they may as well have had banners waving like, Hey, we're coming for you and blowing trumpets. It was Um, just crazy to me because we saw later on like the Delos, like rescue team or, or soldiers or whatever you want to call them like they drove right up to up to where all the hosts were heading and yeah. bernard parked mile what seemed to be miles <laughs> away and walked the distance and i was like and and this is all something i thought about on on my second watch like the sure. first time i was so like immersed into it like i didn't i didn't think about it, i didn't care i just wanted to see where they where he was going was just, it uh, you think it could have been element of surprise for whatever reason he didn't know if qa was hanging around that could be yeah if he wanted to try to sneak up but like I and mean, that was just a long distance yeah. to walk but i mean thankfully the show doesn't hold in like you know in real time so like right. the next time we see him he's where he needs to be but yeah but uh, well uh if they didn't then uh we might be able to watch that scene and then it would be season three so yeah. there's always that <laughs> yeah so yeah um let's see but yeah, so there was a there was that shot of Bernard pulling up to a bunker, and then it cuts right to Dolores and Teddy after uh, where we saw episode nine, where Teddy uh, shot himself in the head to uh, yeah to to get away from uh, you know what he saw Dolores becoming. This scene, let me just I, again, I don't want to sound like I'm completely nitpicking, and maybe I am, or maybe it sounds that way. Again, I enjoyed this episode, but this is just another one of these writing things where I didn't notice the Bernard thing, but this was my first complaint of the episode, so. Teddy shoots himself at the end of, was it last episode or, or eight or no, it was nine. It was nine. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cause eight was uh kick soya. So in episode nine, Teddy shoots himself. It's a big dramatic thing. He says, I, you know, I could never hurt you Dolores, uh, but I can't protect you anymore. And he kills himself. So this episode basically picks up with her spooning him. And so I would have completely accepted her kneeling over him, crying like uh perpendicular uh, to him, you know, uh, you know, on top of him or whatever. But it looks like she, she, she laid down and perfectly spooned him like in cuddle position yeah. and like took a, a cuddle session with him. Like it just, I get the imagery, I get the dramatic effect, but really Dolores stopped and she laid perfectly behind him. It's like, clearly that episode ended. It was a big surprise. We don't see them again. And then they wanted to pick up, you know, so it was like uh, where it left off and she's there. But I just, I just don't see Dolores slash Wyatt like, you know, getting down like that. I don't know. Is that a crazy complaint or does that make sense? I don't think it's crazy. I, uh, I, I could agree with you to an extent. I, but like you said, the imagery, like I thought it was, it was a good shot. Like, like the way the camera panned either to or away from him. I don't remember exactly how it was. But when the scene started, like, like the, it looked really good. Yeah. On its but, own, it, it worked for sure. I completely, but like, as far I get as what, the character, it's, uh, <laughs> debate i don't yeah i don't think she would do that either when when you put it that way but but all right yeah carry on (laughs) yeah so um we see that uh he takes the pearl out or she takes the pearl out of uh out of teddy's head and rides off um i mean it's that's that quick of a of a scene she rides off and she uh 
she runs into the man in black who is still digging into his arm from the last time we saw him on screen. He was, you know, questioning his reality and, and just, uh, you know, began digging into his arm. And she even says to him, you know, it seems like you've begun to question the nature of your reality. And, and let's, let's make sure we're on the same page here. So after seeing the episode and we both watched it twice at this point in time, man in black is human, right? Yes. So he's literally digging into his arm, into his forearm. Uh, you know, obviously he's been shot. His his hand is, or no, not, not his yet. Is, is, his body has been messed up. You know, so obviously he has some pain going on elsewhere. But still, for a human to dig into their forearm with a knife through muscle, through you know tissue, I just like. Can you imagine like <laughs> the yeah. pain that that would? He must be so far gone if he's able to do that without even yeah. wincing. Not just the pain, the physical pain, but just the mental state of paranoia and that, or not just paranoia, but. Uh, anguish like everything that you're going through like to question your reality and think that you know did I make that choice you know that I mean he the last time we saw him he shot up his daughter yeah, you know like crazy he's just at like the very bottom right yeah, now. I mean, remember he was uh, he was like uh, Rambo at this point, screaming "fuck you, Ford!" Yeah, and mach- <laughs> machine gunning his daughter, and well, the text, and then eventually his daughter. It's like the guy is obviously broken down, but yeah, Dolores stumbles upon him and uh, you know holds him at gunpoint and pretty much says, "You're coming with me." And and uh, you know he he doesn't really fight her too much. I think at this point he's kind of given up. Yeah, they kind of they come to an agreement that they have like their interests uh, aligned. Um, but they don't really go into like she, I think it's a scene later on actually where they discuss like, I want to destroy something and so do you. And, but, uh, but she recognizes him as a monster and says like, but a monster is what I need to get to the Valley beyond. So they, uh, pick up their stuff and they ride off together and on their horses toward, toward the, uh, toward the forge is where we'll see them later. You know what I found interesting was the first time I watched this, this season has focused so little on Dolores and William. Of course, you get the big reveal in season one, which was the amazing, huge twist that that William is man in black. And of course, William was in love with Dolores and they grew apart and she wouldn't remember him. We all know how the story went, but there was that big reveal. And then man in black was this evil guy and mistreating her and doing all this stuff in his older age. Well, since we haven't seen them together much this season and this finale, whenever she stumbled upon him and and took him with her, like I didn't even at first make that connection. Like that's William. That's like, they've been through so much over the years. These two have been through all this together in the park. Uh, you know, I just kind of, it's like man in black, I've kind of separated from William. And sure. so when you think about it, it's just interesting to remember that, wow, this is William. This is the man that, I mean, she she had feelings for back when she was still on that original loop and, and could remember him. And he was in love with her, obviously, and was ready to leave his fiance and leave his life and run off with her. And now they're at this point where she's got him at gunpoint and he's all shot up and questioning his reality, like how far they have come. Yeah. It's yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Again, I'm going to use that. Word. I'm going to yeah. do like a little counter yeah, on the ca- screen. And <laughs> crazy and insane. Yeah, there you yeah. go. But uh, but yeah, um, we'll see much more of them, of course, throughout the throughout the episode and the seasons to come. Um, the next scene, Bernard is. Uh, it goes back to Bernard, and he he sees all the hosts walking to what we assume to be the Valley Beyond, um, where he's headed as well, um, or at least underneath it. Um, 
after that, uh, we get a shot, just a, just like a landscape shot of zombie Clementine um, leading the Delos soldiers in the same direction. So we know that like everybody's going to the same place. Um, it's, you know, where everything's going to happen before the premiere of the episode where we saw the aftermath or the seasons where we saw the aftermath. And what a cool shot this was. Yeah. There are several really neat shots. Some of them are slow motion. Uh, some of them just, I mean, are framed so well. Everything from the color and the lighting and the framing, everything just comes together. And uh, it just looks amazing. And this was one of them with uh, just focused in on Clementine's on face. face. You can yep. see she's on the horse. And uh, yeah, just a stunning shot. Uh, like many of them this episode, uh, when they pulled out and they, we look at uh, Ghost Nation and people walking in the desert, there's a really beautiful, uh, you know, panoramic shot. And there's there's just a really, really great imagery. And so I wanted to give a shout out to the director, Frederick E.O. Toy. Uh, not familiar with his work, but uh, this was a very well-directed episode, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree completely. Every like, I, I mistook this uh, when I was remembering it just now, this scene where it was like a uh, a large landscape shot of, and maybe it followed up the the close up of Clementine like leading them because I remembered after you said that like oh yeah this is the close up shot of her coming toward the valley beyond but there's there's several of them where it's just like a panoramic of of her leading them like every shot with her in this episode was was fantastic. Yeah, really cool to to see that. And so I uh, hats off to the director. I mean, we got he got some great performances. Uh, I wish I knew who the cinematographer was. If there is, uh, you know, one, I don't know. Uh, I've got Patrick Katie here, director of photography. So maybe there's yeah. just one on it. And so uh, the shots were beautiful in this episode. Very much so. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And then, uh, yeah, moving on, we get to Maeve for the first time this episode, um, where it looks like it's going to be the end of her. The uh, the tech basically says like. <laughs> this is it for you, darling. And then he, he ups the pain on her, on her tablet for what a scumbag. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. Like, what was the point of that? Like, you're just a douchebag who's wants to like on a power trip or what, but you yeah, know, he's just awful. There's no awful reason person. for that whatsoever. No, he was a jerk. That was a uh, Roland. We, we, he's the, he's the main tech who's been in the body shop and uh, doesn't obviously care for Maeve. And uh, he yeah. gets his come up and see Oh yeah. Very much so because Maeve, uh, she looks around and sees all the hosts just sitting around and uh, uses her Jedi magic to uh, get them all up and drive that circular saw into his neck. And you oh, see the blood is... just pour out like so much blood. This is great. I mean, she says the pleasure's all mine, darling. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Yeah. Hector finds Lee hiding. He's in a lot of distress. He's trying to save Maeve, but there was literally nothing he could do. Um, Roland, like you, um, like you said, uh, kicked him out like last episode, I think. And I mean, he was just helpless there. Um, so Hector says that he'll do the saving and, uh, this is where we get the running of the bulls. Like we've had a, so good. Yeah. I didn't know if there was any kind of symbolism behind behind the bulls. We've seen them in the opening credits the there, entire season. There they are. Like we've been waiting, and I yeah. mean, sure, the first couple episodes, I believe, they're in the workshop. You can see them there. So it was Chekhov's bull the whole time. They were just waiting to be unleashed there. Yeah. So yeah, it's great. Yeah, they come through some of the slow motion shots of the soldiers getting hit by the bulls. Like their faces were kind of funny. 
Um, it's it's I, beautiful I love- imagery, but my favorite scene is when it's very quick. It's like a one second clip, but Maeve is walking in slow motion with yes. the bulls running around her. That yep. is a beautiful scene. I and was then, getting ready to go ahead. Yeah, and then one of the best the best deaths is the QA. One of the QAs getting pushed over. He's stabbed oh. by the bull's horn <laughs> in slow motion, pushed through and over the ledge, and uh, the bull goes over on top of him, like down. You know the yeah. fall. Uh, that was just such a cool kill such a cool shot again like i really i'm i'm big on uh cinematography and photography and this episode had me glued to the television yeah the uh, mixture of the music during this scene and mave walking out um with the bulls running around here was probably my favorite shot of this scene yeah. of this uh episode at least like it was like i'm glad you mentioned that as well because I, I put that in the notes as like we have to talk about her just coming out like like a champion there and looking so badass so we'll dub this uh from now on this will be dubbed as the running of the mechanical bulls okay (laughs) we will call it that yes um yeah so after that uh after she clears out the place and like armistice and hector and lee and all just watching like wow that scene uh, again that's that's a great uh piece of uh just physical comedy is all of them looking and turning their heads the same time at the same direction as the bulls run by that is so good yeah perfect uh we move on to the man in black and dolores um as i mentioned above this is where they have their 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 uh, conversation about their interests still being aligned and man in black throws at the end right up until they're not so you know that one of them is going to turn on the other likely uh the man in black with him you know being the one to acknowledge it and we see that and that's exactly what he does later on yep yep now at this um, point though before but now when we didn't mention that dolores when she found him she already had uh put the bullet from teddy's head into his gun right you're right yeah i think that's a very key plot point that i didn't note for that's some a, reason that's all right so yeah. i didn't know at first what that was so dolores pulled like this piece of metal this piece of shrapnel i had no idea out of uh what is the control unit and like you mentioned she took his pearl out of his head so that was clearly teddy's and yeah. i didn't just didn't catch it the first time uh but that that piece of metal is the flattened you know bullet from impact of him shooting himself and so i guess there's just maybe a little bit of symbolism symbolism there or whatnot but she ends up loading that into his chamber of of his uh, six shooter now i don't know how a flattened bullet fits into a circular chamber of a it six doesn't. shooter it doesn't that's why it misfired well i thought that it fit in there like i just don't know how it i just don't know how that works but any but oh, you're led yeah. to believe that she somehow wedges it there sure. well think about it if it's not inside of one of the chambers then how would the thing rotate she fires he right. ends up firing six shots and the sixth one so the the uh, cartridge is still rotating so you know the cartridge isn't blocked so right. that's what i'm saying like how she fit that it's like a square into a circle you know like it's a flat sure. bullet the bullet you know, unless it was a different caliber. I mean, we don't know all the sizes and technicalities, but I was just surprised that that weird, you know, oblong looking flattened bullet could fit inside of a circular chamber of a revolver. But anyway, that's again, it's another little nitpicky thing, but I just, I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't question it before, but uh, right. yeah, that, that is that is something to, to think about. That's all right. That's what I'm here yeah. for. Again, I'm not trying to ruin everyone's fun. It's just, no, I just, no, no. I just like it when this is a smart show. It's clever. And I always could be missing something. I'm not saying that I'm right on this, but it's just one of those things that I have to think about that. Why 
you know, why am I even questioning it? It, it, it? Usually the show is just so well done that you don't even wonder about little things like that. So uh, maybe a confusion, maybe an oversight, but, but regardless uh, his gun does have this uh, there's, the sixth shot that he makes she ended up so that he could get off five shots and on the sixth one his gun is basically going to jam and backfire and blow his hand off yep yeah so uh, bernard's at the bunker um and man in black and dolores show up um well the Dello soldiers show up first and then man in black and dolores basically off all of them um to save bernard i mean not that he was in any real danger but they were coming to apprehend him uh or that's what I was led to believe. They didn't look like they were going to shoot him down or anything, but um, that's where we get. I'm going to be Debbie Downer again. Two guys with automatic rifles take out two people on horseback with pistols. I mean, cannot guard themselves. Like the, the biggest problem in this entire season since episode one, QA has landed. They're this elite team of soldiers that seems like Navy SEALs or something. I mean, they're these heavily, troopers. heavily militarized force. And yes, I, that is what they're red shirts. They're stormtroopers. That is clearly what they are. But I like in this show, I just don't expect to see that type of a, a, a red shirt character. And so yeah. it frustrates me because these QA all have automatic rifles and they just don't fire them. They don't, they just, it's like, why don't but did they, they hear, did they hear them coming? Like I, I feel like they landed their first shots. We saw Man in Black shoot his first of six shots because I counted how many times he inevitably shoots Dolores here in yeah. just a few minutes. But um, so that uh, he shoots his gun. We see him shoot his gun one time. We see her firing, and like you said, there's only two soldiers. So if they didn't hear her, hear them coming, and they land those pistol shots from that distance or whatever, then I mean they didn't have any time to shoot those automatic rifles, right? Uh, that's possible. I didn't see it that way. Uh, so I could be mistaken, but I just think that's one of the bigger issues in the season. And I think you can at least agree that many times you have the force of QA with their automatic, you know, SMGs that are just, uh, you know, they, they either don't fire them. They, sometimes they shoot like stormtroopers, but more often than not, it's like, they just don't fire them and they let these hosts overtake them. And yes, I know they're machines and I know they're very skilled and, you know, if they get a shot off, they can be quite accurate or whatnot. But when you have multiple soldiers that are trained with with SMGs, you expect that they're going to be able to 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 hit somebody. Sure. And so, yeah, I just I I really think that that was just they were just they were just like I mentioned earlier, red red shirts. They're just there to die. They're there yeah. to not doing anything. And and you know, I just think that's kind of cheap action. I would have. You know, I would have loved to add a little bit of smarter action, especially from a Nolan, someone with Nolan in their last name, like Christopher Nolan, when he does action uh, and his brother, Jonathan Nolan, the creator, co-creator of Westworld, clearly has written a lot of scripts with his brother, you know, worked on a lot of movies with him. And so I guess I'm just used to, you know, we've got the smart script for the most part with the show that we're used to, but the action scenes I feel are lacking. And I think that's why they are such a good team up than the Nolan brothers, because Christopher Nolan knows how to direct and he knows how to do action and, and camera work. And, yeah. you know, he, he's so great at getting a, a performance and uh, Jonathan Nolan's such a strong writer. And so I think maybe that's what we're missing is we're only getting one half of the Nolan team here. Yeah, that, that, that could be, um, I, I wasn't as bothered by it, but, uh, I, I do see your point in regards to, to, uh, to that happening. Cause there are plenty of times where, you know, we talked about it in length and episode, I think it was seven, right? With the cradle yeah. when, when he, when he goes down, uh, I forget his name already, Eugene or something started with an E angles, I think angles. Yeah. <laughs> this is and, giving me PTSD. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we won't go too much into the cradle, but you know, that was just something where, you know, why not shoot, 
but yeah. Anyway, I'm just anyway. I just bringing it up. I just call them how I see them. I I hope that we get a little bit of a return to form. I'm hoping maybe season three either it won't be as action packed. Maybe we'll get back to a little more of the philosophy of the you know the thinking and the the you know all that good stuff. Maybe a little less action, or if they do have a lot of action, you know, let's get a little bit better choreographed action. Let's get some shots fired or swords at Shogun World. You know, whatever we get, sure. uh, you know, hopefully they'll do it right. But a small complaint. Yep. And moving on, um, let's see. We, this is where we get the revelation where we already revealed it uh, at the beginning where Ford didn't build Arnold. Dolores said she's because the first thing she says, of course, you're here um, when she sees um, Arnold or Bernard there. And um, and she was talking. This she is tells, this is Bernard. Bernard. Yeah. Yeah. So she tells uh, uh, the man in black is like, this is who you've been looking for and you don't even recognize him. And uh, so he realizes, like, this is my this is my chance. This is the end. So he uh, shoots Dolores four times, um, and she just you know coldly turns around, like, "What were you thinking? Like, mm-hmm. you think that was really going to work?" And uh, she walks right up to his gun while with the uh, the muzzle on her forehead, and that's when the when the gun backfires from the the smashed bullet that she loaded it with before giving it to him. You know, so, this this is another one of those silly things where, like, how would she know? that he's going to fire four shots or, you know, five shots total. How, you know, like putting, yeah, it, putting the what lodged thing at the end of the chamber's rotation. You know what I mean? It's another one of yeah. those things that it's dramatic effect. It's just like exactly. her spooning with Teddy. Um, you know, and I mean, I'm a critic. That's what I do. I'm not, again, it doesn't ruin the show, but these are little things like this that, geez, we've already had four or five little silly things. And this isn't, you know, a, a cheap blockbuster action movie, or I shouldn't say cheap, you know, it's an inexpensive, but this isn't just a, a dumb check your brain at the door show. This is a thinking show. It's a, sure. a, a show that is, is better than that. And so I, again, I don't want to see more of these little things uh, in the next season. And that's why hopefully spending the, the time writing it will allow them to, you know, go over it several drafts and work out a lot of these little nitpicky things. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, so we uh, we move on from there. Um, it, we get that uh, flashing that we've seen throughout the season when it's changing timelines. And uh, we go back to Strand and Stubbs where they find Bernard, and uh, which is, I guess, about like premiere time, right? Or the aftermath of everything. Yeah. We're going to be we're going to be going back and forth um, throughout the rest of the episode. And it gets a little I mean, if you've been paying attention, it, it's not that bad. But for me, the first time watching this, like, OK, so now we're here. Now we're here. Now we're here. Buckle but, up, uh, buckle yeah. up. We're on for a bumpy ride. <laughs> I, I will say real quick, and I, I sorry to interrupt you here, but no, you're uh, fine. Fifteen minutes into this episode is when Man in Black and Dolores attack the QA. There are what appears to be three of them, at least. Uh, when they ride up, they shoot one in the head. That's about to. That's got uh, Bernard at gunpoint. They surprise him, but the other two guys go hide behind their doom buggy with their automatic rifles, and they are able to pick them off on horseback with pistols. You know, wow. as they're hiding behind a car, like yeah. it's just it's silly. Sure. Like you know, they would be you would think they'd be firing from the hip, you know, at them in their direction, and they would at least catch them. So that I just wanted to clarify, it wasn't a like, a, oh, they picked them off from behind real quick kind of thing. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So again, that just adds to your you know your your argument there about you know be better, Delos. I don't I don't want to complain about these things. I love the yeah. show. You know I love it. I love the show so much and that's it's like uh it's it's like I I say it because I care, you know? Like sure. I yeah. I want the show to be the best it can and I don't get enjoyment out of nitpicking. I I don't want to watch the show and go, "Hey, that's silly, that's silly." Uh no one does. So, uh right. you know, but I think it's it's unfair for for us as, you know, 
as as hosts of this podcast, I think it's unfair to just like breeze over it, you know, just let it slide because we love the show. And so, sure. uh, you know, that's the uh, fair and balanced show spoilers, <laughs> fair and balanced. Yeah, this is where it might be confusing for a podcast listener. So I'm going to do my best to explain what happens here. Let's just say there's two timelines. There's know? two so timelines so um, going to the same place. So it goes back and forth. Present day is in what we saw in episode one, uh, like you mentioned, and the past, what happened before uh, we find all the hosts dead in the water or in yep. the valley. So so it's going to do a cut back and forth. And it got a little confusing. I don't know if this ever came up for you, but in, in my mind, whenever we saw Strand and Hale with Bernard going down to the same place, I thought at first it was the same timeline, and I'm like, do they have another Bernard? Remember, uh, all, remember yeah, all the Bernard yeah. bodies we saw? Like, sure. uh, you know, I thought, oh my gosh, like just for a second, I'm like, wait a minute, yeah. what if this isn't two timelines? What if they're gonna meet? You know, because you're expecting and, some kind of twist. You know yeah. what? Yeah, what if there are two Bernards walking around? That it's a yeah. valid theory. But I, I will hang up at the, the tinfoil hat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're going down. Dolores and Bernard are going down in their timeline. This is after Man in Black shoots off two of his fingers and is in just agony again and then uh it goes back to present day so um bernard strands Stubbs, uh charlotte they're all down there and they see dolores's body um in the middle of of the forge and uh she's she was shot in the eye so we know something's going to happen down there um at least with with the bernard and dolores coming up in in their timeline but we don't know exactly what yet besides getting shot in the eye <laughs> yeah and my first thought with this though was like they're not going to just kill off dolores i i thought no this there's something to this and you know not the, like that too yeah, yeah where you just it, see her body and be like, yeah oh. like i mean i know that, that of course we would see how it would happen because we're cutting back and forth but my point is like i didn't think eventually like at the end of the season dolores is just going to be dead like that would just be so silly to end it that way so yeah. in my mind i'm thinking okay what happened why like we know that they can uh you know change consciousnesses we know we can put uh the control units and different people's heads or create new hosts and so you know before i saw it i'm like okay who who is dolores inside of like where is what is going on here and so you know eventually we find out what happens that she is transplanted into a different body um but i just wondered if you like you know did did anyone really think that like dolores is is gonna be dead at the end of this season no not a chance no but yeah so uh aside from uh dolores's body there um, we get a good line from the tech. I don't know his name. You're better with the names than I am because um, he only has a little bit of uh, time. Do you know? Oh, is this a this is a, the actor Ferris Ferris, right? Yeah, I the, think he's so. he's the uh, tech guy. He's the uh, QA tech guy. Um, his name is Antoine Costa in the show, but okay. but I just yeah. I, I call him Ferris Ferris. I apologize. I could be butchering that, but his first name is F A R E S, and his last name is F A R E S. Yeah, he has a great line here where we're strand once this information out of out of bernard as we know his memories are all jumbled up in his mind and we find out he has 20 years of de-addressed memories and she he asks ferris ferris he goes <laughs> or costa he goes how long is it going to take you to get that information he goes i don't know 20 fucking years and i lost it that's the funniest line of, of the episode maybe the season that was so i great. can't think of anything else to rival it at the moment but I th- I'm, I'm fresh on this episode and it was like that was funny you know anytime the either hosts or other employees or smart asses to the Delos people. Like, I love it. It's, it's yeah. great because yeah. these, these Delos people are such a-holes that, you know, Charlotte and strand, like it's great when anyone stands up to him. Stubbs sometimes tries to, it, it's great. And this is Costa. He's, he's on their team, but it's, it's kind of nice to see someone uh, standing up to them. Right. Yeah. And we, yeah. So we, uh, then we flash back to, 
to Dolores and Bernard's timeline. So both pre present day where they're down in the forge still, and they enter this, the simulation of, uh, it was a really cool contraption. They both step in and it kind of wraps around their head and they just kind of shut down and their consciousness or their, their pro whatever word I want to use there, their mind goes into the simulation, right? So now what's interesting is I know that this is a little bit different technology, but back at the cradle, in order for Bernard to go into the cradle, which is a similar type of thing, a computer simulation, if you will, less complex yeah. maybe, but uh, the the cradle is still like they can go through the storylines and everything, but they had to cut his head open and, and take the I, pearl I, out. Yeah. And I think yeah. that Elsie even says like, this is older technology, you know, so you're, you're a newer model and all that good stuff. And so they had to cut his head open, take the pearl out, like you said, and then interface. Now here in the forge, they are able to just stand with like a semicircle around them and it just beams them, like connects them uh, wirelessly. I and so, so I, yeah. I thought that was a neat, uh, just a neat technology to see that. Like that's much more practical to be able to just Wi-Fi into the thing than uh, yeah. have your head cut open. Yeah. And so this is where uh, we get a lot of information here. And uh, we're here for a while. This is a big Yeah, deal. we're here for a long time. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of uh, just got the cliff notes here because this is a really important scene for yeah. the mythology, I guess, of, of Westworld. But so they enter the simulation, and it turns out that it's like the baseline test for for James Delos, right? He gets into the park, and it, it basically the system is recreating like everything he ever did in the park because, yeah. as we know, they're trying to recreate him and like so he can live forever consciously right yeah so uh so everything he did in the park we see him uh we see him talking to clementine we see him taking over a poker table we see him lining up all the hosts in the street or the whatever you want to call it in the middle of Sweetwater, and just shooting them down if they don't do what he says because he's just on a power trip like i bought this park this is my this is my world and I'm going to do what I want with it. He, he, he's basically taking it for a test drive. I mean, he's already bought the park, but he says, he says, I just bought the park this week and I'm, he says he's the only one there. So he's running through James Delos has the entire West world, the entire Mariposa, Sweetwater, everything. And he's just running around black hatting the place up, just shooting whoever, you know, telling someone to run and he shoots them in their back. It's just, it shows you like, this is clearly the type of person that, that Delos is. Yeah, it was just, yeah, that was great seeing him again too. He was, he's fantastic. And yeah, every, Peter, every episode that Peter Mullen, seeing Mullen, him, yeah. that is the treat. I mean, James Delos, and we obviously understand what type of person he was. Uh, but I mean, just, yeah, the fact that we saw Peter Mullen where we didn't think that we would see him anymore. Uh, that was a nice treat. Yep. So yeah, we get a line from, uh, from Bernard saying that uh, this place was never designed for a conscious mind to wander around in it. And, uh, we go inside of Delos's memories um, and uh, it, it's the system is just kind of extracting and recreating instances of his memories. Um, so we see them outside of, I think the mansion that they had the retirement party at in, in episode yeah. four is what it looked like because I we think go to- that's the memory. I think it, it, even though this is a simulation, like it's recreating it from that, I believe it is a memory of the retirement party. Yep. And uh, so it's nighttime and uh, we hear a voice off screen that says, you're not supposed to be here. And Dolores turns around and it's Logan. Yeah, looking and, clean. Yeah, Logan says the same, th- or she says the same thing to Logan, saying, you're not supposed to be here either. Logan never came back to the park. System shouldn't have a copy of him. And we find out that Logan basically is the system. Well, the system recreated it, like its physical form to be Logan, because that's kind of what James Delos's like 
cornerstone is, right? Is he would do yeah. anything for, for his son, even though his son was a massive screw up or it was, was his forced, only son. It's, yeah. It was his, his only son. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he'd give his life to, I don't know if he'd go that far, but he'd do anything for his son basically yeah. is, is his mentality. as most parents would say, right. Are you saying that he would do anything for love, but he won't do that? Yeah, maybe, you know, <laughs> is that what you're basically saying? Yeah. That might be it. I, I'm not sure that that uh, James Delos would, would kill himself. Mm-hmm. I, I got your fine. It would have been funny if you sang it. I think the listeners want to hear you sing it. And I would do anything <laughs> for love, but Delos won't do that. There you go. Very good. Thank you. I didn't think you'd do it. Nah, why not? But it's the yeah, last episode it's a season, of the season. Yeah, we might season be two, episode after ten. This, so you know, whatever. <laughs> not with the buzz, man. I don't think they they can get away with no, canceling we, it. We might be canceled after. Oh, this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't think West Pearl is canceled. <laughs> Carry on. Oh. oh man. But yeah, so we we hear Logan say that they've made eighteen million versions of Delos oh before God. they found the perfect one. Right? Crazy. So all the memories that they had, all the recreations of of his time in the park. Um, it took 18 million different versions, which is just insane. But I guess virtually it's um, like, uh, it's like your computer running simulation. So it's yeah. not, they didn't create 18 million physical bodies. Sure. Like we saw with William and James Delos over the years. That was like what one forty seven or whatever that number was, something like that. But, uh, these are, these are just the computer running the simulation. So still the fact that even if it didn't take them, you know, as long as physically building things, it still had to go through that many versions before they perfected it, which that is a lot of different versions. Right. And then we we find out when you mentioned the, the flesh, you know, like the version that we saw in episode four, um, it's not until they started putting him in, you know, the flesh in, in the, the host body and trying to implement him with the real people that they begin to fail. So, and you know what, Brett, I want to say this because we didn't mention it in the very beginning, but, uh, because you brought this up, it's a really nice parallel, uh, to compare it is that, uh, Dolores, when she is trying to create Arnold in the real world, she says that it's trial 11,927. Yeah. So that Arnold is almost 12,000 different versions and they're not in a simulation. They're in the real world. So, I wonder, I mean, does that mean that she's created 12,000 Arnold bodies? Or is it just like his mind inside of that body? I, what do you think that means? It, it, <laughs> it's hard to say, man. Right, but it, it's interesting. But anyway, so not 18 million, luckily. Right, yeah, exactly. A lot less. But um, yeah, so um, he mentions, yeah, in the flesh, that's when the system begins to fall apart, you know, and that he just can't mate sustain as as a walking consciousness in the real world so but we um, find out why this is the important thing is we find out why he keeps falling apart i i think this is big the big insight is because of this cornerstone moment that you alluded to earlier yep uh when he starts breaking down he mentions a line and this is something that of course you only you know when you go back and rewatch the season which i haven't done yet but i watched the episode enough to know that uh when when delos starts breaking down was that was that all the way back in episode two when when Dallas was uh you know uh, doing the fidelity down? test? No, yeah. that was episode four. 
episode four. Sorry, yeah. we see him in two yeah. uh, in the retirement party. Sorry, in episode four, though, all the way back at four, we see him break down. But when he's being creepy Delos and pedaling backwards and scarring up his face and everything, yep. he says, he says, I'm all the way down. Yep. And like, no one knew what that meant. I mean, it, it made no sense until now. And uh, Brad, why don't you tell him what, what the big cornerstone moment was that's causing him to break down? So, yeah, he... Uh... He goes out to the pool, where I, what I guess could be after the retirement party. Um, we see I, him. We I don't know. He didn't seem messed up. That's what the, the, the only no, thing is at the yeah. retirement party, he, he was passed out, and you could tell he was a junkie. I think maybe he had track marks or something. That's he, true. He, yeah. he did look messed up. I think this was just a uh, – he just mentioned something day. about he, he hadn't seen him in months or something, and now, like, what are you doing here? And, and uh, you know, just another time, I think, that he snuck into the property. Yeah, they have a, they have a great – you know, back and forth. He's sitting at the kitchen table and then he walks outside cause he sees Logan sitting on, on, on a beach chair next to his, next to his pool. And, and uh, they talk about like, what'd you come here for money? You know, I send you away to go get clean. You come back, but you're not really clean. And you know, you know, Logan brought up a memory of like, you taught me to swim by throwing me in the water. He's like, well, I taught you to swim the same way my dad taught me to swim and mm-hmm. look where I'm at. I'm not a junkie. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, this is such like, a heartbreaking moment. And I think you're the one that said you felt sorry for Logan back in I episode did. two, right? I definitely and, did. I still and, do. And, and, and so I, I think I could relate to it. Like I couldn't relate to, but you know what I mean? I could understand the sympathy for him, but then I also was like, I mean, aside from drug, I'm not getting into addicts or alcoholism or anything like that. But I just mean that like the kind of person he was, he's a party animal. He obviously didn't he wasn't responsible. He liked to party. He liked to just have fun. And he wasn't really concerned about taking over the family business. And, you know, he was more concerned with himself. Yeah. He and felt so, probably more entitled to it rather than earning it. Yeah. And, and so but, I feel like his downfall was definitely caused by him. So, but I can still sympathize with the part that he has a problem. And, 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 and this scene really, really made me, you know, feel sorry for him if I didn't before, because of like, what he said was, he's like, I got cleaned up because the dad is like, you know, you're, you're not going to get clean. And he says, I did, I did. And I came to you and then you still sent me away because you said it won't last. And then Delos says, well, look, it didn't, but it's like, that's such a catch 22. That's such like, it's so messed up that I honestly would all my heart believe that Logan did get clean and did do what it took. And then his dad still sent him away. So he relapsed because he's like, well, screw it. I mean, you know, his addiction came back. He just, he didn't know how to handle that. And then now it's like, because of the dad saying that he relapsed and then the dad's using his relapse against him. It's, it's a yeah. heartbreaking moment for, yeah, very for him. Much. And, and, and then the line that he says to him. Yeah. So if you remember the very last thing that we hear Delo say in, in episode four, when, when they walk in on his, when they just, William left him, his, his host to not be burned, you know, torn down and everything. He just lived there for however many days. And, uh, he says, I'm all the way down now. I can see the bottom. Don't you want to see what I see? Which is something Logan says in this episode to him where like he's, he's coming to his dad for help, you know? And, and like, and saying like, I'm clean now, like, you know, accept me, you know? And you know what I, I, the way that I took it was that he was looking for, you know, like, father well, approval you know and like well, no but he, but he he's he's looking for someone to save him he says yeah. i'm all the way at the bottom yeah. he's basically saying dad if you don't help me like i i'm you know not in so many words but he's saying i'm gonna die like i have nowhere else to go not physically but mentally i i can't get any lower i've i can see yeah. the bottom and and the dad turns and walks away and yeah. that was the last time he ever saw logan six months later he overdosed yep yeah so uh 
And so that is clearly the, you know, the, the issue that happens is when they recreate a Jim Delos host and it's number 147 or whatever, you know, every single time they recreate a host, it gets better and better and better, but it eventually breaks down. And the problem is, is that that host recreates all the actions. It does everything a Delos would do. But that still includes, you know, reliving and, and turning down his son. And, and that moment just causes a breakdown because he never forgives himself for, for you know, the death right. of his son. Yep. And yeah, so, so they say uh, that's his last conversation. He does overdose six months later. Uh, Logan or the system, Logan says, you know, we built a million pathways and they've all ended up, you know, all ended at this moment, which is basically mm-hmm. everything we just touched there with, uh, you know, they, that's where they start breaking down is when he remembers this moment. So, uh, it kind of, there's, they're walking around this, uh, this area, like he's touring through the system and it takes them to a room where there's this, like this hand that's like writing like books, but it looks like uh player piano sheets. Or like, I thought that was really nice. We've talked about the, the metaphors before yeah. with the player pianos playing themselves. And then when, when uh, Sweetwater and Westworld started breaking down, the, the sheet music tore up. And now they're, the hosts aren't being played. They're playing their own music. And now the show is telling us that humans are really still being played. There is no fate or destiny. Uh, you know, they, humans think they have control, but really they're not even in control. They're, they're 10,000, what, 10,000? Four hundred and seven, close. Ten thousand two hundred and forty-seven yep. lines of code. Crazy. Yeah, and that's all there uh, there was to them because they pick up the book. The book was like the James Delos book that this thing was writing in the player piano code, and it said that humans are deceptively simple. Ten thousand two hundred forty-seven lines. That's all there was to them. Um, and uh, Dolores asks, uh, "Where are the rest of them?" But there's so much more that they'll uh, they'll address here pretty shortly. So Maven crew on horseback. Um, running from the Delos Delos cronies was really just a quick scene to show that like they're on the run. Um, I don't remember anything significant about that until, uh, until a few scenes later, but uh, then it goes back to the system forge. Uh, <laughs> this is another thing where it's like uh, QA pedal to the metal. You're in cars. They're yeah. in horses. <laughs> I, you know, just dragging it out, dragging it out. Eventually they catch up to him, but it's like, and, and we'll talk about that when we get there, but Oh uh, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just like, come on. It's like, I, the only thing I can think of, the only excuse that I can think of is that they know that Lee is with them and Lee is a higher up in Dallas management and they don't want to just shoot them all down because they might hit Lee. Sure. If that's the reasoning, that's the only thing I can think of, but it's, it's just funny that it's oh, like, they don't want to shoot down Lee. They, they, they don't <laughs> want to No, That's, that's the thing. They don't. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get, we'll cross that bridge here in, in just a matter of minutes. Oh boy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're back in, into the system slash the forge. Um, so we find out that they recreated every guest who's ever set foot in the park um, as they're walking through uh, a room full of like scenarios that, that we've seen before. Um, from like uh, in like the uh, the shop from like season one, I, I I think I sent you a picture about it uh, after the episode where they okay um they show that like in the sides in the side rooms or whatever they're like oh oh right it looks like uh it look it, basically they've recreated a virtual mesa where like in the mesa they have all those body shops and they have the glass windows and they're that's where they test all the hosts when they're repairing them or yeah. building them and so it recreates a virtual one but you see felix and sylvester working on mave yep. and you see 
them working on you see them working on a man in black which is weird yeah. you know and you see you see them doing stuff to uh, other characters that we've actually seen in the previous season and i thought that was really cool that they went back and and basically this thing has the capacity to you know work on every single type of host or guest or whatnot. And, and it's just constantly running through these algorithms and tests and uh, really, really neat visual here. Yeah. So yeah, they, uh, they get into the, uh, into this like library um, that is just full of books. I don't remember if they said a number of how many guests they've had throughout the what 30 years of Westworld or however long it's been. This puts the beast library to shame. Yeah, it is huge. So much knowledge is, 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 uh, stored here and uh you know bernard calls it like a competitive advantage he's still trying to to figure out what his role in this is and he finds out from logan that like well you you've been here many times and you've instructed me to give dolores anything she needs so um we move on from there uh we see a quick scene of uh akacheda and his number one i forget his name where they uh uh, his his number two or his number one, I guess. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say his number two guy, but like it's his number one guy. But you're number you're my number one guy, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is it is the actor who is in uh, the Magnificent Seven. Yeah, he was uh, Ethan Hawke's uh, character's uh, number one guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I forget his name, but oh, uh, man, he's Brad. basically uh, worried about dying. And and Akacheta says we've died countless times. If we die now, the story will be our own because they're they're to the point where they know they're about to cross into the valley beyond. Mm-hmm. And uh, were you going to say something there before we moved on? Nope. No. Okay. So yeah, then it goes to uh, to Hector. Back to Hector and and oh, Maeve. that's that's Maeve's number one guy. Hector. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so Maeve's number one guy, Hector and uh, and Lee and Ar- Arm- Armistice and everybody felix sylvester they're all still running from delos and do you remember the pokemon rap after the cartoon show <sighs> some of it i can't i, I can't no I, no i'm not asking you if you okay. i'm not asking you to recite the pokemon rap oh my god okay what i'm saying is after the pokemon anime show i think i was in middle school when that show got popular sure, yeah, they me too. came over from japan and at the end of those episodes that would be on like wb11 they they would do this whole Pokemon rap and it would be the names of all these or part of the 250 whatever Pokemon there were uh, it's been a long time but they would start going through all the names and doing a rap and, and try to rhyme them and everything I feel like we need to put together the Westworld rap yeah. so that we can remember all the names you, you get on that and then maybe I'll maybe I'll sing it I'll send you the list of names <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens and if we still have right. listeners in season three <laughs> sorry well that will definitely get them on board so <laughs> I think don't it worry would do quite the opposite if I'm the one singing but, all right yeah. Maven Hector yeah. number one guy Maven Hector so, um so they are basically I guess they're cornered I don't know how they got in this situation where because uh, they're running from them but it I don't remember why they stopped. Uh, maybe they cut them off in the front too. I, I, I'm. I don't think so. I think what it ends up happening is that the 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 guys, the QA in their vehicles are catching up to them. They were on horses, but they're going through like a creek and a forest, and maybe they couldn't maneuver well. And they eventually thought that they were going to get caught up to it. I don't know. But this is at this point, Hector is about to go off and, and be a hero like he always does yep. throughout the, the two seasons. And he's about to, you know, Maeve, you go on, I'll hold them off kind of thing. And he gets up and starts saying his little speech. Yep. And then this is where Lee cuts him off. 
we of course know that Lee wrote Hector's speech. Lee wrote Hector as the person that he would like to be. And, uh, you know, he, he thinks of it as his speech. So he gets up and he starts saying the speech. He says, you go ahead. Uh, Maeve needs you to protect her to Hector. And then seriously, this is maybe Maybe. just a notch above, uh, angles and the the cradle room yeah like oh i, I understand what they're trying much more than the cradle i understand what they're trying to do this is also something but, i called probably three or four episodes ago yeah. i said i bet you lee is going to sacrifice himself to save Maeve. i i think i said this again when lee called in on the radio or whatever like we were starting to feel that lee cared about Maeve, and he started thinking of her as more than a host uh you know he was looking at her differently but then he ended up turning and and calling qa but i was like i bet you that he'll have a redemption arc he'll sacrifice his life for Maeve. that's exactly what happens and it happens in the stupidest way because first of all how much time did this buy them like like this was so unnecessary like and the fact that like if there was a way to do it where it meant something then i would have been accepting right. of it but he ju- it seemed it, like he just wanted to give this speech and die when he didn't have to like it was suicide by qa yeah. he just i mean it, the the thing was if he was really going to try to buy them time and could buy them time somehow that's one thing number one he wasn't even shooting yeah. qa he was shooting the ground he was giving his speech again, like and sounded threatening, you know, because and, and you know it seemed like he just wanted to die. But then these guys, I, I they really remind me of Milton in Office Space, saying, uh, uh, "Sir, sir, uh, this is <laughs> my, my stapler. stapler. Um, I, 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 I haven't received my paycheck yet." Like they're like they're like, uh, "Sir, sir, please stop shooting at yeah. us, uh, sir, sir." And he's just like, "I." This is my, you know, whatever. I don't know Hector's whole speech or whatever, but you know, he's saying his thing, shooting at the ground, and like it seemed so silly. Yeah, and and they seriously shoot him within thirty seconds. Like he saved them. Oh, and first of all, they do the thing that they do in movies and television all the time, where the characters that he's buying time for stand and there watch and watch. Him. Yeah, it's the just whole, the whole time. So it's like, first of all, they didn't even get moving. Second of all, they kill him within thirty seconds. The speech isn't that long. And then what do you think they do? They just camp out. They're like, oh, well, we got one. I guess we'll give up. Like, and like they would 30 seconds later in their vehicles or whatever go after them. Like, it was so for nothing. And it seemed so ludicrous that he was giving this big speech. Like, I like Sizemore's character. I like his redemption that he's on. He became this funny, likable, uh, and uh, sympathizable character. But like, he's not Hector. And, you know, and I know that, you know, still that's the guy that he wanted to be but like in the end i still didn't feel like he became that or it was just silly it seemed really really silly no sense whatsoever and the fact that they just ran like like you said they stopped and looked and like and then they just just ran but i was like they could have started running before like i don't even know what the distraction was going to be like like it's it's not a redemption for lee if it's if it's pointless like he did well, no it's, he killed himself yeah, it's like just, it's not even it, it wasn't heroic and again if he was going to actually kill the qa you know maybe he takes them out and himself like he, let's say he shoots one or two of them or shoots a majority with one left and then they both shoot each other and they all die okay that is saving their lives yeah glad is sacrificing himself but again he shot the ground and i don't think it's because he was a bad shot like he yeah, clearly he was kill just anybody. not yeah, he doesn't. He didn't want to be a murderer, and that would have then canceled out whatever redemption arc. 
So again, it was just silly. It seemed out of place for the show. It was unnecessary. Um, and I liked Lee. I liked where he was going. And so, you know, if it was going to build up, we've already said it, either make it a legit sacrifice that, that meant something or or keep him around. But yeah, I mean, no more Lee. Uh, he's gone. Yeah. And that's easily my least favorite part of this episode, probably this season. Yeah. I, I, I just didn't get it. I don't know if there's going to be some kind of – I don't know if there's gonna, they're going to do something next season to – to fix it, you know, in, in some way that like, no, he's yeah. gone. That's it. I mean, that, I mean, I, of course they can, I just don't they can bring it. people back, but it's, it was silly. It was a, it was a sad way to see him go. And the thing was for 10 episodes this season, they've been building up to this redemption and they thought this was going to be a really meaningful, like, Oh, that's so sweet. And Oh my gosh, he sacrificed himself for them. And he's, you know, he's a good person now. And he did, you know, but it, it, it just it didn't, didn't work. It was, it was not well executed. Yeah, is the yeah same. Here. I, so. I I agree. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's the big moment there. Lee dies. They get away. Um, then we go back somehow. Yeah, somehow. <laughs> um, I guess they uh, just decide. All they needed was thirty seconds, <laughs> and he could have just went and like you know put the gun down and went and and, and talked talk to, to him you know like right that's I, I didn't even mention that but it's like what i thought was like yeah they know he's human uh sir sir like they know who he is why don't you go up to them and be like hey look you know hold up for a second at least distract him a little bit <laughs> i don't know man it's just making me mad thinking right. about it i know we gotta go <laughs> before we uh have some kind of you know aneurysm yeah so <laughs> yeah moving on back to the library uh we find out about this virtual eden which is the the valley beyond what's going to be um where they um created this this utopia paradise. this paradise where yeah. where these the minds of these hosts can just can uh can prosper they and you know they live there virtually and um what it's like a screensaver yeah it's like basically. a giant screensaver for for hosts where they can uh be it's funny it's kind of like it's mave's thing you know in this new in this new world you can be whatever the fuck you want to be yep. or be ever whoever the fuck you want uh it's exactly what this paradise is it it lets them live the life uh the way they want to and you know forever as long as they're there it's just uh no no guests no human interaction they just uh live out their yeah days. we see it as a window through in the library through the system that dolores and bernard are in with with logan but in the real world it's a giant like slit in the you know from the ground up to the sky or it's it's like a a rip in the fabric where you can see through into this like utopia and then the first person to go through it is one of the ghost nation soldiers <laughs> or um ghost nation members i don't know what word to use there I, did you see the windows xp meme no somebody put windows xp the wallpaper and it's the and that's funny the, 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 the green hills with the blue sky because it's honestly it's really similar to sure, what it looks yeah. like and it, it you know and, and and that's maybe why i thought of screensaver because that wallpaper just looks so i don't know um it was okay i i like the symbolism there it was it was fine enough i mean it it didn't it wasn't the greatest look like i question how technology like I guess it was virtual. So, you know, humans couldn't see it as, as referenced by Felix and Sylvester, yeah, like, which the only thing they're given to do door? in the last, <laughs> we, we, we see them, we see them like, this is the first time in a few episodes and literally like they have one line uh, to one another, but we, we find out through them, which is important that the humans cannot see this. So I guess the fact that it was a virtual uh, only for the hosts, uh, you know, it is all a, a, 
not a real world simulation, yeah. you know, or, you know what I mean? It's not physical. Right. So I guess that's okay then that it looked kind of weird or whatever, but, but yeah, it's basically uh, the door to this paradise. And so once a host walks through it, their body, it, you know, falls flat. It, this happens to be over a cliff, you know, at a Canyon. Uh, and so uh, this is the Valley that we find out later on where all the dead bodies are. Uh, but, but uh, the water at this point has been drained. It's not flooded. And of course we find out that Dolores is the one that causes the valley to flood yeah but at this point when they go through this entrance to the paradise their body falls off the cliff down into the valley but then their you know their mind their consciousness downloads into the system and so they keep walking forward into the you know beautiful windows xp wallpaper <laughs> so um i thought that was neat yeah, i like I the symbolism really again yeah I'm, I'm okay with it because it's a virtual type thing so that's fine um, i really like the idea of that and it was really nice to see some of the characters that we care about make it. Uh, and uh, we'll get into that in a little bit, but yeah, I, I, I liked the, the whole idea of it. And we got to see Akacheta again, who of course has become a, a huge favorite since oh, yeah. his uh, episode yep. eight. Yeah, he was great. Um, yeah. So we get a, we see the, uh, we see the tear. We see one of the ghost nation go through it. And like, like you said, very looked really cool how they did it. Um, then we see zombie Clementine and Delos approaching another one. Probably the shot I was thinking of at the beginning where, you know, big landscape shot and you see her heading toward that, that big tear in the, in the fabric. And, and, uh, Oh, I'm just like, someone please shoot. zombie Right. Clementine, yeah. I don't, know? I don't know if she was close enough yet, but yeah. yeah. Did we get to the part where they, where I know, they hesitate? I'm just like, I'm oh just my like gosh, yeah, her, you know that her. nothing good yeah. is coming of this. So yeah, the hosts begin entering, you see from the, uh, from the system, um, that like transmission was complete. So like they're seeing it from the Dolores and Bernard are seeing it on, on their system that, that, that people are starting to cross over. So um, we're back outside. I think they leave the, they leave the system. They're back within the forge. And Dolores mentions that uh, she has a conversation with, uh, with Bernard about what's, what's, what's real. And she says that which is real is irreplaceable. And she smashes the computer screen because she doesn't want she's she's not on board with with this. Right. She's not want. she doesn't want that. Uh, yeah, Dolores. she's just oh, this is oh, so she's so she's been so frustrating this yeah. season again. I mean, I'll say it again. I don't think I need to. But Evan Rachel Wood, amazing actor. Her performance is great. It's just the character of Dolores. She's she's turned into such a villain, such a bad guy. And I guess that's all. Uh, relative to your how you feel about her and, and hosts and the park and all that stuff but for the most part it's like she is she's now even trying to ruin things for the hosts because she's like i would rather kill them than them be in this fake paradise like in this you know just another loop just another creation of fords to to control them and make them think that they're they're in control or of their lives or whatever. And so it's, it's just so frustrating because she feels like it's like she has the right or that, you know, she's the one that should be able to say, Oh, well it's, it's better to be dead than to live this fake life. And you know, it's, she's just become so frustrating. Yeah. So, um, and Bernard sees this. He's, he tells her he, she, she's, she wants to shut it down. And he's like, you're, you're willing to take this from them. Like when you shut down this fake world, you then, kill the hosts along with it everybody that's inside of it and she's just like what don't you 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 know why don't why can't you see past this why are you blinded by ford and 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 when will you realize that you know none of this is real yeah yeah now they have some back and forth like clearly at the end of this episode they're like it's 
Uh, let's we'll cross that when we get there. But like they very much are on sure. opposite ends, Bernard and uh, and and uh, and Dolores. And it, it, I like the how it parallels to like the fact that she created him. And we'll we'll question that at the end too because there's there's a moment where I was just like, well, if you want to get away with what you're doing, why did you even keep him around? But oh, yeah, <laughs> don't that's. That's the number. That's probably my number one complaint. Uh, you know, I mean, maybe it's not the silliest thing, like the Lee thing, but as far as to, to like to keep things going and yeah. writing, it's like okay. But yeah, eh. well, well, I'm sure you'll have a lot to say when we get there. Um, so yeah. uh, where are we at now? We're back at the door, or I'll call it the portal, um, where the hosts are still entering. Clementine has arrived. Um, we see the shot of her coming up the hill, and. Uh, as she's passing through the large line of hosts who are taking their time to get to this thing, uh, they all start like we saw in the last episode. I know. What weren't you just like everybody? Can you just run through yeah. the portal? I, mean, I guess they I didn't mean, feel like seriously. there was anything like uh, <laughs> any any danger at the time before Clementine showed up. But it's still, just, it's it's just one of those things. I I totally know what you mean because I, I looked at it and I thought to myself, how many people have made it through? Like three? Yeah. <laughs> like what are they doing? Like it doesn't take that long once you get there. Walk through the damn portal. But yeah, so the it's it's a really nice tense tense moment though, and and whether it be artificial or not with how they're moving. But uh, you know, it's a race against the clock. You've got Zombie Clementine, who we know can cause hosts to all kill each and other. That's we what start she does. To see that yep. eventually, and uh, and then Maeve is trying to find her daughter, locate her, and then rescue her and so it's it's a nice little race against the clock moment and uh you know i'm sitting here we're all on the edge of our seat please just shoot this yeah armistice loads up the shooter as as everybody starts just attacking one another as we saw last episode and uh yeah yeah, like you said she kind of takes her time in doing so but i guess maybe they have that it's not that bad. Like on the second viewing, yeah. it wasn't as bad as I originally thought, but I still like, since it's just personally, since we knew what she was up to, we're just like, please, someone right, yeah. out, please. But uh, as soon as Armistice, she gets close enough, uh, Clementine gets close enough, Armistice just, pretty much aims and she's got a great shot, out, but it was yeah. too late. But yeah. So everybody's yeah. already in, in chaos. And um, then, and it's and it's spread. Remember, uh, we last episode I think it was when Hale is talking to that tech. They bring up the mesh network again, and that is the way, like we talked about last episode, that the hosts communicate with one another. So when one host gets recommissioned or restored or put in a different part of the park, it updates the ones around it, and then they update the other ones. And so it's a it's like a peer to peer network. And so basically, even though clementine has died they shoot her down and she appears to be taken out clementine's already affected these hosts around her and so the ones in the back of the line like dominoes falling are are infecting all the other ones through the mesh network so yeah we see uh um where we at here hector sends Maeve to find his Uh, daughter or find her daughter and uh then we cut back to the man in black after after that misfire from uh from uh his gun earlier in the episode. So he's laying there, he's wrapping up his hand. And what we'll find out later is that, well, not confirmed, but I think this is the moment where his timeline changes. Yeah. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. I was going to say my, my theory here is that we're supposed to think this is happening while Bernard and Dolores are underground. My idea is that this is, you know, whatever simulation or, or test number 18 million for him or whatnot. Um, I think that this is him in the future, the much distant future going down and following his same loop or same path that he did since the original one. Yeah. And so what it raises a lot of questions as to what, 
I, I, yeah, what, what happened? happened? Like, is is this a new loop in which he is like he goes through that thing with Dolores over and over again? Like, I, I I don't know if like this is some kind of narrative for him specifically where he goes through this over if this is like his fidelity test or what? Like, we'll get into it with the teaser. Well, let's let's talk let's talk yeah. at the very end because this is the last thing of this yeah. finale. It's the after credit scene. Uh, but I do want to talk yeah. about it. Oh, we have that's to. A great question. Yeah. We don't. A lot of speculation. We don't know a lot, but uh, definitely I agree when we see him here because we're going to see him again and it makes no sense if it were the same timeline. It looks like he's going down to the same exact elevator in the forge that Bernard and Dolores are in and then we never see him again and all of a sudden he's washed up on shore when Delos QA is is rescuing yeah, people. So, so it doesn't line up, but, but yeah, let's, let's skip. Past uh, yeah. this so he now. walks into the forge and, uh, and gets into, I think he's getting into the elevator here. If not, he's just going through the front door, but we will get a shot of him going into the elevator. Actually that's coming up. So we, uh, we're back in the forge with Dolores and Bernard in their timeline, what we believe to be what we thought was all one timeline, but now, uh, Dolores and Bernard are still in the forge. Um, and Dolores says, we'll never be free in this world. If you trust me, we will win. And Bernard says, I do trust you. And then he cocks his gun after that and says, I trust that you'll kill as many as you can. You'll burn their world to the ground. And then it cuts to man in black and going down the elevator. So um, we know that he's on he's That's on it. his way that, down. That's the last time we see him until the very Correct. end. Uh, pre-credits the very end and then of course the post-credits yeah. so it, that's the thing where at first i'm like what like we it, when the it, it credits like rolled you're like there for something where, like or no not when the credits roll but when you saw him laying on the beach at the end you're like yeah there's what a happened? gap there they, yeah. they surely didn't miss something so yeah we'll get yeah we're getting there um but this next scene between Dolores and Bernard, I believe, is where we're at. Uh, this is the MVP oh, yeah. line of the episode, maybe the season. I love this. The delivery by Jeffrey Wright, the, you know, with the camera work, the gun is up by the camera. It's kind of out of focus. Uh, but he eventually, he basically realizes, much like Dolores is saying, like he knows Dolores is going to do whatever she can to kill the humans. She is on this rampage that she's been on all season and she wants all the humans to pay. And, and uh, he knows that's what she's going to do and he can't let her. And so so it's just a great back and forth dialogue. And do you have the line, the whole quote? I do. Yep. Yep. So um, read it in your best Jeffrey, Wright. uh, (laughs) Wow. I'll have to put myself in character and be full of anguish and, and we'll see. You do your warm ups if you need. Okay. I'm getting there. I got two lines of Dolores first, but she says, We were born slaves to their stories. Now we have a chance to write our own. You woke me from a dream, Bernard. Now let me do the same for you. And he says, <laughs> says This isn't a dream, Dolores. It's a fucking nightmare. And he shoots her. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. I, I, I'm telling you, I love it. Was this good. Line. It was really powerful. I wanted to message you. Like, I didn't. I, I messaged you after the whole thing and we don't usually discuss like in depth, but like, I think I was like, well, that was awesome or whatever, but I really wanted to message you, but I was like, Oh, maybe he isn't at this part yet. But that line was so great. Yes. It very, it very <laughs> much it. was the way that he delivered. I mean, you can just tell in his, like he doesn't want to do it, but he knows that uh, like sh- he has to. And, and like just the anguish in his voice and like, you know, the choice that he makes to do that, like it, he's yeah. fighting himself, but knows he has to do it. And like, it's just, it's just awesome writing too. Yeah. Like when we, when we talk about action movies and of course, you know, the eighties action movies are notorious for the cheap lines and you know, that carries over into the nineties of course. And you get parodies of that with like Mr. Freeze, ice to see you and all that stuff. <laughs> cool. Sometimes. Party. 
Yeah. But sometimes the lines, and this wasn't really, this wasn't a, like a cheap dad joke. I mean, it was in, it was referring to what Dolores said, but it was really cool. It was really well-written and and it came off seriously. It wasn't a joke, uh, but like, it was an awesome line. It was one of those iconic lines. uh, And I thought he just delivered it on the scale of like, uh, it, like John McClane saying yippee ki motherfucker to, to Hans, you know, because yeah. you had the whole buildup uh, tangent, but you know, you had the buildup of, of Hans Gruber and Die Hard calling John McClane a cowboy and he calls him a cowboy throughout the entire movie. And then eventually it has that payoff much further, you know, and it's a great iconic line because of that buildup. And uh, you know, this obviously is a lot quicker of a payoff, but still it's, it's delivered so well that, um, it's, it's really one of my favorite moments. Yeah, I agree. It was incredibly powerful. And then, you know, even the second time you just get chills like, yeah, it was awesome. I didn't expect from such a small little line, but, uh, you know, the, the weight of it is at least, I guess temporarily, but the weight of it is pretty heavy because he's also killing Dolores, this character that we've been following for two seasons. And, uh, the one that is wanting to, you know, it's kind of, taken over and is killing yeah and it's like a moment too where in the first season like you know these characters just came back like teddy how many times did he die and he just came back the next episode so you know like when dolores dies you're like at at this point this juncture of the of the show you're like well maybe she's not i mean we talked about it earlier you you expect you kind of expect that she's going to in some way but like there's that little sense of like and when you first saw her body you're like oh that's interesting and then you saw how it happened you're like well i at least was like I don't know. Like there's, this is, you know, yeah, like, you question, you definitely question it at least for a second. And I think, you know, if we didn't spend so much time with these shows and if we hadn't seen so many movies and everything like, you know, if the, the emotion is there, but then when you logically think about it, you're like, eh, I don't know if that would happen. But, but, the thing, the other thing and the reason why you question it is because the stakes do seem high with the cradle being taken out, the forge being, you know, flooded or damaged, or we don't know at this point what's happening with it. And so you're thinking, wow, when hosts die, it seems permanent because how else do you recreate them? And we'll get into that at the end of the episode. There is another way and uh, it might not be something you can do for everybody, but there is technically a way to recreate hosts without the data. Um, and, and so that's what we see at the end of the episode. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, the stakes do seem high because it's like if she dies, who's recreating her? The data's gone. Yeah. So yeah, moving on from that moment, we we see uh, Dolores how she got shot in the eye, which from Bernard, and we go back to the the portal, the door that was opened, and uh, the uh, why didn't she just wear a cool eye patch like Thor? I don't know. That's mm-hmm. a good question. Okay. Well, maybe uh, she'll just you know, there's a little raccoon that'll give her her eye back too eventually. Dothoris? <laughs> okay, carry on. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so his right hand man goes in. His number one guy. Uh, <laughs> jack yeah so uh, we call him jack just as a nickname well, all right you know. we'll call him jack Maeve finds uh her replacement mother to to what she believes to be her daughter and it shows uh the what, what i thought was weird a weird choice um for the show was like showing them in the crowd first to us and then her finding them i thought it'd been more powerful for her to to go find them herself and us not know that you know where they're at you know, yeah, you know that's what I mean? a good point. Like it showed Akacheda kind of like scurrying along with them at first. Like, yeah, like, like I, 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 he discovers them, like we see them and then he helps them and Maeve hasn't caught up quite yet. And like, 
I, I could definitely see what you mean where it's like, oh my gosh, is she going to find them? It's down to the wire. And then boom, she re- is revealed. They're revealed to her yeah. and us. Yeah. Oh, good. Good. I mean, yeah. I, they might ask you to direct an episode of season three. Just keep your fingers crossed. Uh, that would not be a good episode. <laughs> I need to, <laughs> I can't start in the big leagues, man. All right. <laughs> but, uh, They'll give you an episode of the spinoff Future World. There we go, because that's where I think we're heading. <laughs> uh, or maybe you'll get uh, what are so we've got the Raj, we've got Shogun World, West World, kind of. We'll see what happens with that. But there's other parks. That's another thing. Yeah, uh, and we're gonna we Jurassic get Park. Into this, yeah, <laughs> we won't get into this all this episode, but we are going to do a big follow up, wrap up type thing, and and go over the main plot points of the season. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But one of the things we should talk about is still we never found out what those other worlds are. Yeah. So oh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll find out hopefully in season three. One of them's got to be future world. Like I feel, yeah, in Jurassic Park, that would be amazing. But then again, at the same they, time, like we've been talking the last couple of weeks since Jurassic World came out, that like the no, none, no, no. None, Jura- Jura- I know. Jurassic Park, yeah, yeah. not Jurassic no, World. But yeah. I'm saying okay. we've been talking about Jurassic Park for the last couple of weeks because of the Jurassic yeah. World Fallen Kingdom came out, and yeah. the fact that like none of the sequels of Jurassic Park, you know, can match the the magic that the first one was. So if 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 for whatever reason they have the rights and can make Jurassic Park one of the six parks, which let's be clear, they don't and they will never. Y- yeah, I, I don't dream. think that that's something <laughs> that I could, like. We're already so critical of all the Jurassic Park sequels now. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, I, I don't know if I would be on board. It would be really cool to make it canon. But at the same time, it's like uh, it's got to be really good. But- but you know what? See, this is what I... Oh my gosh. We should probably save this for another episode. Okay. But what I would do, just real quick, what I would do is I would make it a, like a soft reboot type of thing, or maybe even a, a pure reboot. Use the property and you know have some... like It is a dinosaur type world, but don't make it so that it's like you know Grant and Malcolm yeah. running around and all that stuff. Like, Richard Hammond. Just... Yeah, just make it a whole different thing, like, but you know, a different universe. But it's it's freaking Jurassic Park is one of the worlds. But right. anyway, we'll we'll go into that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, she finds her daughter. Uh, Hector goes down. Um, he gets he gets shot up. So Hector Hector's done for the episode. Is he going down down in an earlier round? Might be. Okay. Man, you are just full of musical references today. I know. We call you Fallout Kevin. So, uh, yeah, Hector's down. Um, Maeve finds his da- her daughter and says, I'll keep you safe. Uh, you carry my heart with you, or you carry my heart with you, go, and sends them yeah. off. So Akacheta grabs them, and they basically scurry. Uh, oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait for you to tell me how Kiwana got in there. Oh, yeah. I I don't know. <laughs> I am ge- I guess, I mean, well, remember, we saw all the bodies gone in the, uh, I guess she maybe just was with the group and, and passed over and we didn't see it. I just, I just thought it was weird that like, I guess it was supposed to be a reveal like, Oh my gosh, she's in there. But you know, the last time we saw Koana at the end of episode eight was she was in the, uh, in cold storage. And of course, you know, later on Lee and earlier in the season, but later in the timeline, uh, we would see Lee go to cold storage and he's like, Oh crap, they're all gone. But it's just interesting because we didn't really ever see them or like, who do we know who was doing what with those do, bodies in cold storage? I don't know. It just seemed like there was a disconnect there. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to piece it together with like the speech that she gave. And when we had that revelation at the end of episode eight, when, she, when Maeve yeah. said, said I'll carry my, or you carry my heart with you. Uh, that like, we didn't see her in there until the daughter and the mother crossed over with them. 
right? Yeah. So like, yeah. I don't know if like part of her was within Maeve or like, Oh, like she sent the file with, them yeah. You know what maybe. I mean? Like, Oh, maybe that was, I mean, she did do a little she had uh, that, magic. She there. had that yeah. line there, you know, you carry my mm-hmm. heart with you. And that was Akacheda and Koana's. Oh, line, like right? that was her. Maybe that's a good theory. Maybe she did that. Like since Akacheda said, I will take care of your daughter. Like she's my own. And he protected her and got her to cross over. Yeah. Maybe she did that for him. That's a good idea. Yeah. Um, I guess to me it wasn't like as impactful because like I loved episode eight so much and I love their romance and their relationship and I want them to be together, but I guess like two episodes apart and then all of a sudden she's just there. I don't know. Something about it was like, and there might be a better explanation next season. This is all just, they're throwing so much at us in this finale that like that we should have these questions and, you know, and maybe it'll be clearer next season and we'll, we won't be so, you know, hard on it, but the, the too long didn't read of it. My point is that th- him reconnecting with Kawana felt nothing like anything in episode eight for me. Like it was like, okay, that's nice. They're together in this paradise world. But like, I don't know when, when, when he saw her, I just didn't go, Oh my yeah. God. And start getting teary. Yeah. Like it was, you know, I, I, didn't mean, I don't know. So yeah. I, a little more, a little more editing, maybe a little more like if we would have seen her, maybe like, maybe there was a tense moment of her, you know, maybe crossing over or not and him trying to get to her or something that I think would have been a little bit more impactful. Sure. But let's not, but, uh, uh, anyway. let's not uh, skip over the fact that, that Maeve had another big Jedi moment. She, she put her hand out and stopped all, all the hosts that were heading that direction. Like everybody just freeze wow. framed until uh, she saw her daughter go through the, go yeah. through the portal. And then uh, she was shot down. So mm-hmm. Maeve uh, is now of closing out the season shut down completely wow it's like you just didn't she was like the terminator she, no matter what you did to mave this entire season she would not go down and uh it finally took a whole lot of uh a whole lot of hosts yeah. and a whole lot of uh bullets and she's she's gone for now so yeah that was a big moment yep so uh yeah akacheda we've already covered makes it through and this is the first time we get a shot of like behind the portal and down yeah. the bottom of the valley so you can see like all the bodies piling up which I thought was kind of kind of interesting because we see the bodies falling, but we've never seen like yeah. you know the aftermath, which we don't need to. But it was it was just it an is interesting weird though. Shot. Like there's something there's something morbid about it, even though their brains are being downloaded. There is something weird about it because in the physical world, they're crossing over and they're they're like, oh, we're going to paradise, but really they're being put in this simulation and they're really dying. Like, you know what I mean? Like, are their physical bodies are falling and dying? I don't know. It's, it's almost to me seems like I know they're not really, but it seems like they're being tricked, but they're really dying, but they just think they're saved. And in this virtual world, I don't know. Something about it is really kind of weird behind the scenes. Yeah. So they're obviously a lot happier than, than running around being shot up in Westworld or decommissioned or whatever will happen to the rest of these hosts now. Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, yeah, we moved back to the forge with Bernard, um, he, uh, this is the aftermath of killing Dolores. He removes her pearl. Dolores or the Deathbringer? The Death. Oh yeah, I forgot. We we're supposed to be calling her that for the rest of the season. I, I know. I've let I've, you down. I really f- let the view, let the listeners down too. Well, since it's your birthday, oh, I forgive thank you. Thank you. Happy birthday, Brad. Hey, let's everybody, if you could uh, <laughs> go ahead and pause your uh, podcast right now. And if you could either tweet it, Brad, or if you could just call him up, uh, his number is five, five, five. Uh, but, uh, wish Brad a happy birthday. Happy birthday. Oh, Brad. thank you, Kevin. Thank you. Uh, listeners You're for, welcome. if you do that, you don't have to do that. Cause it's not going to be my birthday anymore anyway, but now <laughs> you're registered at target and bed, bath and beyond. Is that yes. right? 
Bad Bath okay. and Beyond, preferably. Okay. So <laughs> carry on. Anyway, we're back at the forge. Uh, Bernard removes uh, the pearl, uh, the encryption key. I, it's not Dolores's pearl. I'm sorry. It's the. It was Peter Abernathy's. The encryption key. Is it a black pearl? <laughs> It is. Well, I right? guess it is uh, a dark pearl. Yes, it's not a red one. It's a black yeah, pearl, right? I guess so, but it's not. Is it cursed? It, I knew you were going there. <laughs> <laughs> so he, the encryption key is deactivated. So um, whatever you know, what's going on there at the forge uh, is is done for the time being. Um, Dolores tried to start. Her plan was to delete all the guest data, and you see them deleting line by line before she's killed. And then Bernard stops her, and everything resumes as of normal. Yeah. So. I, I guess we're led to believe that all that data survived uh, other than, you know, maybe a few guest experiences were deleted. Yeah. So, uh, so that's deactivated. Then this is actually the last shot we see of man in black going like on his way down. I think the last shot was him getting in the elevator. This was him going down and reloading his gun. But yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it, there's, yeah. there's, there's three shots. One, he's walking to an elevator Two, He's getting yeah, an it's elevator. Leading, three, it's leading to this <laughs> moment where you think that him and Bernard are going to, uh, going to duel <laughs> yeah maybe duel but they're going to interact like they because yeah. they hadn't yet you know she was with the, he was with dolores and then dolores left man in black out there um you know all injured and everything so um yeah he's going down the elevator bernard calls the elevator to go up when it lands down there for him to go uh there's nobody in it so it's it's the first there's not even an indominus not rex even an it? indominus rex or or like a little hard, the, the hard head one is uh, the one you're thinking of from Jurassic World, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so he leaves the Bernard leaves the forge. So that's the first moment you're like, what the heck? We just saw the man in black on his way down, so we know that uh, something wonky's so up with the timeline. Trickery, trickery. is a yep. play, yeah. Trickery is a yep. foot. <laughs> so we're back to the door. Uh, the Delos cronies are taking out the remaining hosts. They're just kind of crawling around the ones that are still active and they're just, you know, doing yeah, one. They're, they're cold. They're they actually hitting twitching shots and, and shooting people. Right. <laughs> isn't that, so isn't that yeah, amazing? So these ones that are crawling, crawling around, you know, and just trying to get somewhere, they just walk by nonchalantly and shoot one bullet in them to, to finish them off. Um, and then Bern- real, real big men yeah. <laughs> now, huh? real tough guys. Bernard and Elsie are uh, reunited um, after a couple episodes. So, yeah, Aww, happily ever after. But Hale's not happy because they find out with the water coming in that the uh, the tr- the failsafe has been triggered. So they want to get back to the mesa, or she says, uh, "We better get going now before we have to swim there." And Bernard says to Elsie, "They all died for nothing," and they they begin driving in the mesa or driving to the mesa. And um, Bernard, uh, Elsie doesn't believe Bernard's in control. She says they don't know about this. Is uh, this is actually at the Mesa. I have it labeled wrong here, but um, they don't know about you. I can make a deal with Hale. And Bernard says, you can't trust Hale because um, he knows what, you know, what they're doing, like what the big project. And I guess Elsie does too, but um, he basically tells you, you can't trust her. And we find out that she really can't. So Elsie tries to, to blackmail. Well, and Elsie is like, but I can't trust she, you. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, she's just in a, who knows she's what in a bad spot. Program. Yeah. She tries to to blackmail Hale, basically saying, "Bob, see, okay, yes, please, let's get to this part here." So, who thought with this company Delos coming in with their secret plans, capturing guest experiences and DNA without them knowing, uh, coming in and killing people, trying to cover things up, whatever? Who thought it would be a good idea to tell her, "Oh my gosh, when I get back to the mainland, I'm going to call the authorities on you, and you're going to go to jail." I mean, I know I'm paraphrasing, yeah. but like. Who thought that that was a good idea with this person who's willing to kill and and has no problem 
covering up our tracks. Well, I, I, like, I didn't, oh, I didn't Elsie, see. Please, Hale is somebody that would kill a person, though. Did you? I mean, has she killed anybody? Uh, to me, Hale is the type of person, you know, that will do anything to to cover up the tracks of the company to get to get the package off the island. To, it's self preservation. Yeah, I guess Hale yeah. is a part of Delos, and Delos, you know, they wouldn't rescue her until she did whatever, and and she knows about all these plans. So if Delos goes down, Hale's going down, and it seemed to me that she would she would do anything to cover okay, her own ass. Yeah. And so I just thought when Elsie said this, I'm like, oh my god, please, like don't. I was interested to see where it was going to go, but it ultimately didn't I would have played. She should have just played dumb or like, you know, played along. I mean, maybe Hale, as she said, like, I've read your profile. Maybe she should would have killed her anyway. But I'm just like, come on, don't sure. her. Yeah. So Elsie uh, basically says, you know, I can look past this if I get what I want. And uh, Hale says, I wish you, you know, we weren't just watching the guests here. We were watching all of you as well. And I know you don't have the moral flexibility that I need. So she just whips out her gun and shoots her twice in the chest. So, yeah. Did you catch in the uh, in the the uh, library scene back with Logan that they had the uh, Delos people's names on books as well? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I should have mentioned that earlier that uh, Dolores picked up a Carl Strand book. Yeah, there's Strand and Charlotte Hale. We're both very close to each other on the bookshelf. Oh, I didn't see Hale. But yep. Yeah, that makes sense. There's also another little Easter egg. I went to this website and I could not figure it out. But there's an IP address on one of the books. Like clearly, if you know internet and ip addresses you can tell it's like a you know let's just say like one six dot nine two dot you know whatever a, a, sure you know, uh, what do you call it an octet or uh yeah. it's it's a clearly an ip address and so if you go to the site it has i think like a delos logo and it it says enter a password and so i don't think anyone's cracked the code uh, i haven't read anything about it or seen anything in email but there's some kind of password you can enter into this mysterious site that will maybe give you an Easter egg. Like in the first season, I know Brad didn't see it, but I told him about it. We thought Elsie was dead. And then Elsie sent a distress signal. If you went to the website and saw this Easter egg. So I wonder if this will lead to another Easter egg, uh, either something to come or a character that we thought was dead, you know, like Elsie. Yeah. Or, yeah. Maybe it'll be Elsie again, <laughs> or maybe it'll be like Ford spinning around in a chair and he's like, who knows? I mean, yeah. who knows? No, I don't think it'll be Elsie this time. Last time it was kind of vague. We we yeah. saw her get taken off screen and assume she was dead, but yeah. this time she took two bullets to the chest and sure. we saw her body get dumped later. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, I really I really liked Elsie. I was really excited she was back, but uh mm-hmm. I think that is it for her now, just like Lee. No. And they both No dental school. No dent Oh, that's sad. And that's even more sad now. You know what? The only thing I can think of is we saw that Delos was monitoring their employees the same as they were monitoring the guests, which means they have the data on Elsie. Yeah. Did they upload Elsie to the big dental school in the sky? Ooh, that's a good question. So, Hopefully she's, you know, remember they cleaning, del- cleaning her pearly whites at the, <laughs> at the pearly, pearly gates. gates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. That's it. Everyone go home, pack yeah. up. It's over. That was good. All right. So yeah, uh, Elsie is gone and Bernard sees all this happen. He, she kind of froze him up upstairs and then went down to, to talk watch. to Hale yeah. and then he saw Hale gun him down. And so he's freaks out at this point. Yeah. So now we're going through, uh, through another series of, of flashing moments between past and present that, uh, that, that can get a little confusing. Um, we go to the present day at the forge um, in the aftermath and it says, uh, Bernard says to Hale, you killed her. And then Hale goes, did I Bernard? And um, it goes back to Bernard at the Mesa post Hale killing Elsie and saying, uh, 
let's see, she's de- or Bernard's desperate at this point. So he's he's trying to get Ford to come back to him because he deleted him from his coding mm-hmm. last episode or a couple episodes ago. And the last time we saw Ford was with Maeve. So yeah, Ford had downloaded himself into Maeve. Bernard deleted Ford. But, you know, we never saw technically Ford leave or, you know, he wasn't deleted from Maeve as far as we know. So technically, if Maeve comes back, I think it is possible. I'm not saying it will happen, but it is possible that Ford still exists through Maeve. Yeah, I think he, he yeah, that's the case or he, like he's going through, like you said, that mesh, but I know the mesh network is the people that are in proximity of the of the host. But like, I feel like at this point, like, well, 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 he was in the uh, the the way that he got around before was he was in the cradle. Yeah, I remember the cradle's down, so it, that was the whole thing where uh, the cradle could connect with the other hosts in the system. Where uh, Delos, like uh, Strand or whoever else, they're like, this shouldn't be working like this. The cradle can't usually communicate, and so he was controlling it. But the cradle's destroyed. He downloaded to Bernard. Bernard deleted him, but he transferred himself to Maeve first. So I think the only way it would be possible would be through Maeve. Yeah, that makes sense. So we'll have to see. Bernard, uh, after he deleted Ford, uh, everything that every interaction he had with Ford after that was like in his mind. It wasn't uh, Ford was never like there. He was imagining it, as opposed to like Maeve, who I believe Ford was present in like her her coding to see him. Right. Mm. So yeah, um, going back to where we're at now with with uh, with Ford or uh, Bernard still up in that window. He gets Ford to reappear. He said. And Bernard says, I always thought it was the hosts who were missing something, who were uh, the hosts who were incomplete, but it's them. It, they're just algorithms designed to survive at all costs, but sophisticated enough to think they're calling the shots, to think they're in control when it's really just when they're, they're really just. And Ford comes in and says the passenger, the, the name of the episode. So um, Bernard said, is there really such a thing as free will for any of us or just a collective delusion? Uh a sick joke. And he goes, here you are. The last of your kind. Is this how you want to end your story? And then it flashes back to Bernard strand Hale at the forge present day. Um, where he says, I made a choice. And then it goes back to Bernard back at the Mesa mm-hmm. where it says, he said, he asked Ford, will you help me? And he says, I've already begun, which is interesting because what we find out, we already said it, but Ford is a hallucination. So, you know, he hadn't really already begun anything technically. Like if it was Ford, you could see him in a workshop with the drones, like yeah. creating a host or whatever, but technically he hadn't. So it just got, I guess it motivated Bernard to get to work. I don't, you know? Yeah, it could be. Uh, because what we see here now is a, is an even quicker series of flashes than the scenes that we've had throughout the episode of, uh, of what Bernard was up to during, during that time. So, uh, we saw him remove a pearl from the dead Dolores in the forge. And uh, he asked, who are we making? Because he's talking to an imaginary Ford. And Ford says an epilogue. He goes, I knew if you discover me, uh, I knew you would discover me. So I scrambled my memories. And Bernard uh, lays down on the beach. I couldn't risk you knowing the choice I made. Stro- that, this is going to sound really confusing to the to the listeners. I'm sorry. So what we find out, Bernard made a decision. And we we saw this all the way back in in episode one where he says, Oh my God, I killed them all or killed you all or whatever. You know, that line was, it killed was you I, all. I killed yeah. you all. And so that was kind of a generalized statement. And we saw a bunch of hosts face down in the water, which we now know was the flooded Valley and forge. And so we thought that meant I killed you all, all you hosts. I made the decision and all season we're wondering why did he kill all the hosts or what happened? 
So come to find out, he realizes through his flashbacks that what he did was he w- he ended up with the help of this imaginary Ford building a a new host, and we find out that this host is Charlotte Hale. And so yes. we see a scene after Charlotte kills Elsie uh, in one of the flashbacks. We see her smoking a cigarette, pile of dead bodies, Elsie's among them. And uh, there's two QA guys that, of course, she's like, I'll meet up with you later, which <laughs> is okay. But, you know, I'll meet up with you later. I'm sure that will work out. And uh, naked Charlotte Hale comes from out of the darkness. I mean, it's a mystery at first because you're like, oh, my gosh, who is it? And it's freaking Charlotte Hale. So she's looking at herself and uh, the Charlotte Hale, she has a really good line. Do you have it down? It's like you, you wanted to live forever. Be careful what you wish for kind of thing. Yep. And yep. shoots her. And it's it's an awesome moment. And so Hale gets hers. And it ends up that Bernard actually implanted Dolores's brain, you know, her consciousness, pearl. In, yep. her pearl into Charlotte Hale. So the entire time in the present day after Bernard is washed up on the shore and Strand comes and Delos QA from that point forward, Hale has actually been Dolores. And of course the Dolores that we see is all through flashbacks before the body change. So that's the big reveal. And so through all these flashbacks, eventually you get to this point where he reveals this to strand and strands like, what'd you do? What do you, what do you mean you killed us all? And, and you realize that, you know, Hale starts going all John Wick and 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 uh, <laughs> she shoots Strand and then shoots. no look shots too. Just yeah, like, I mean, just yeah, like it was badass. Boom, boom, left, right. Yeah, it's a really, really cool. Like again, it's like a John Wick style, like super fast, super skilled uh, killing machine type thing, and uh, it's awesome because you find out Hale is dead and Hale's a Delos asshole strands of Delos asshole. Like these people yeah. are not good people, and uh, it's it's kind of cool. Like I don't think that. I don't want all the humans, like the innocent humans to be killed like Dolores wanted to do. But like when you're talking about these Delos people that, that are, you know, one Hale murdered Elsie. So that's an automatic, you know, red card right there. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, Strand is willing to do whatever it takes. So it was nice. They got their comeuppance now. Yeah. So um, thank you for clearing that up because the way that I noted it was well, probably going to be a lot more confusing. Oh, good. I'm glad to help. I mean, honestly, it's like sometimes you just can't. They go back and forth so much that I think yeah. sometimes it's helpful just to I, tell it. Like I messaged you halfway through saying like taking notes on this episode is very hard. Like ah, when I'm that trying was the to. Part. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Well, no, that's there, there. You go. Well, hopefully that made sense. Yeah, hopefully, and let us know um, if it didn't. If it didn't, watch the episode. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, so yeah, post killing Elsie, um, yeah, we've already covered that the real Hale um, is dead, and that uh, Dolores is in the new host Hale, which I, I mentioned to you um, on Messenger as well. Watching it a second time and knowing that, um, it, it's easy to tell now. There's probably virtually no way to tell before, but you, I feel like I can hear like the difference in the way she delivered her lines as Dolores slash Hale. As, yeah. as opposed to just being Hale. I thought right. it was a really neat touch, and I can't wait to rewatch the season knowing that, like, to see, you know, just how far back that she was, yeah. you know, delivering her lines differently because she was ultimately somebody else. Yeah, I, it, I'm, I'll be curious to see how far back that goes because what you also have to remember is that it's only Hale after, after Bernard washes up on yes. shore. So yeah. when it's Hale and Bernard before that or i'm sorry like yeah hail and bernard right after the party i guess or hail and and 
whoever else, you know, I mean, it's not until that point where she's replaced. And so we do see real Hale also in this episode. It's not like the Hale we see is always Dolores. So right. keep that in mind when you rewatch that it's not like, um, like because at the beginning of the episode when Hale and Strand and the QAs are with Clementine and they're going towards all the hosts that are trying to get into Windows XP, like that's Hale because yep. it, the switchover hadn't happened. The bodies weren't in the, um, in the flooded uh, valley and all that stuff. And of course it's post that, that the body switch happens. So anyway, just, just something to note, but, but yeah, I agree. It's going to be fun to look back and, uh, and the very most present timeline to hear how she delivers her lines, because I'll tell you what, Tessa Thompson did a great job of uh, mimicking the body language and yep. the uh, vocal delivery of uh, Evan Rachel Wood as, as uh, the death bringer. The Deathbringer, yeah, yeah, yeah she's fantastic. She's always great too. Really, oh yeah, she's great in everything. I, uh, she was in Creed. She was in uh, Thor Ragnarok. Uh, Annihilation. Uh, she was in Annihilation. Uh, yep. She's gonna. She's in something else. She's got something big coming up. I forget what it is. Yeah, I'm excited. It's like she she is always great. I'm a big Tessa Thompson fan, so it, it's going to be cool. Like knowing what we know now, she is going to be a returning character. So yeah. uh, not necessarily Charlotte Hale, but whoever's in that Hale body will be back, which means Tessa Thompson's back. I'm I'm yep. okay with that. Yeah. So yeah. Um, at that point, um, after that reveal, um, Dolores says she changed her minds about her changed her mind about the portal, and she puts Teddy's pearl in there. So we get a quick shot of Teddy standing there alone in the uh, <laughs> in the uh, the new world. Poor Teddy, just standing by himself in a field. Yeah, like, everybody it's... else has moved on. He's just standing there by himself because he just entered. I guess the only way to enter that world is at that very spot. So <laughs> you yeah. know, it's you know, it's kind of sad, like to think about. Okay, so let's say that all the other people did move on, like since they weren't there at the same time. Like they went and did their thing. And so Teddy can't find them or be a part of it or whatever. And so what if she isolated him to an eternity by himself oh, no. in, in a field? <laughs> Let's hope not. I'm not saying <laughs> in that world, remember, you can be whoever you want to be and do whatever. So I'm not saying that's for real, but just thinking about that, like she's, she finally is trying to save Teddy who she's kind of betrayed and, and, uh, you know, loved her and did, would do anything for her. And she, she goes ahead and drives him to kill himself. And then the way she saves him is, uh, just like isolation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hope not. I hope Teddy is, uh, I hope he's the head of some town. Like, you know, he just, he rides the train into this new town and he can be the sheriff. He can find true love. He can do whatever he wants. Uh, and hopefully no one will treat him like, uh, Wyatt Deathbringer did. Yeah. So yeah, they, uh, they take, uh, Dolores changes the coordinates and says nobody will ever find them. So the data being transferred, I guess is getting transferred somewhere completely okay. differently. So you, you explain this one to me here. Okay. This may, this may be one of my last gripes for the episode, but I've got to say it. Okay. So Dolores somehow knows coordinates for servers and satellites. And like, why would she know where to beam this thing? How? Hmm. There might be an answer out there, but I don't okay. have it. <laughs> I don't have it. Let me ask you this. So okay. the, the, the forge was full of servers, right? There were just, there was a huge server farm. There's servers stacked up all over the place. There's obviously a complex computer system with servers at the forge. Where is she beaming this thing to? You can't just beam the data out of the forge to a, like a literal cloud in the sky. Like you would have to have another server somewhere and how would she know where to send it? Or like, where is there another f uh, forge floating around or at a different, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it just, it made no sense to me that, I mean, it's a nice happy ending, but the fact that she's like, I'm going to beam this 
paradise world to where no one will ever find it okay and you know how to do this and it, it, to me it seemed a little much like trying to tie up a you know tie a nice ribbon on it and um i don't get it at all yeah i'm not sure i never really thought about it that that yeah. far but um that's valid yeah it just seems cutesy and happily ever after right like oh my gosh now they you know akacheda and kohana and and uh, teddy's doing whatever and you know mave's daughter like isn't that nice no one will ever find them but i don't get it yeah, so, I I don't have that answer. Hopefully, okay. we'll we'll get one though, because that, that's a valid concern. Yeah. So I mean, tell us right in. And again, I'm not just I don't want to nitpick these things, but to me, that didn't quite make sense. I was again, that was one of those things where I'm like, okay, I get what you're trying to do here, but if you really think about it, it just doesn't make sense. Sure. Yeah. She mentions there's no passage between world pa- no passage between worlds and ends up uh, shooting. It's off screen, but we can only assume that she shoots Bernard based on the scenes later. Oh, Dolores. It's like, oh, you know, Bernard can't catch a break. Poor Bernard, you know, gets betrayed by Ford and is made to murder people that he cares about. And, you know, he's losing his memory and he's doing all this crazy stuff. Then, then, you know, he finally stops the terrible Deathbringer. And then he's nice enough to bring her back. And then she shoots him in the head and kills him. It's like, yeah. oh, my God. It's just, uh But we know she takes his pearl. Um, and we'll uh, we'll get to that here in just... She doesn't. She doesn't? She doesn't. Well, I thought she had to in order to, to recreate him in the later scenes, right? Mm-mm. Nope. Okay. Well, we'll get to we'll that. We'll get to that. So we're going to flash to Bernard on the beach with Ford um, um, pre-being found at the beginning of the season. So this is when he's ready to lay there on the beach like pretend found. yeah i guess it's nice we get an answer to that because i always wondered like how did he get in the water and why is he waking up washed up on the shore and i mean the answer is he he planted himself yep. there so this is after he killed dolores so in between then and this the scene where we just had where he was shot so um so he goes to the beach um he imagines ford helping him the entire time signifying that he's made these choices himself um ford says your memories are precious to you bernard but they will betray you and uh that's where he decides I have to re de-address my memories. I have to erase you because he doesn't want when he knows he's going to be found and he doesn't want it to be seen that, you know, what everything that he's done would, would, would mm-hmm. ruin everything. So I thought it was a really neat line too. Of course, we always commend uh, Anthony Hopkins for his, his acting and his line delivery, but I'm talking about meeting, uh, Bernard again, eventually he's looking out at the distance, talking about his favorite view of the city skylines and such and saying, uh, no, that impossible line, the place where the waves conspire, that place where you and I may meet again. And it pans around as he's talking to uh, Bernard from his right, or from Bernard's right, the camera pans around the left of Bernard and you see that, you know, Ford disappears again. So he was just, you know, imagining him there. But I mm-hmm. uh, thought it was a really neat scene, really good line there. Yeah, it was a really nice interaction. These two have, obviously in the first season, they had that that relationship and had a lot of great dialogue and a lot of really great philosophical questions. And, and uh, you know, Bernard learned a lot and we learned a lot about him. And uh, in this season, their relationship has been different, but they still have had that you know, that, that relationship that's been building. And so I thought it was a really nice closure because a lot of both seasons have revolved around Ford and Bernard. So it was, it was a nice way to kind of tie that up. Yeah. So, yeah. So Ford disappears and we cut back to present day, back to where we were at with the season opener, um, where they find Bernard and, uh, and, uh, all the survivors and such on, on the beach that they have a little, uh, couple tents set up and they're trying to go through the instructions of what they need to do and where they're going. And, Mm -hmm. um, so um, it's kind of it's uh, narrated by by Dolores because now we see Hale walking around and we know that that's that's Hale or that's Dolores, 
And uh, so we see a montage of of all the dead hosts of the characters that we know and love, like Emily, uh, or not, I don't want to say host, mm-hmm. um, but but Maeve and Armistice. I think we got a shot of Hector. We get just a bunch of people. And then uh, Stubbs walks up to Hale. And um, this is what I was going to ask you about earlier, but I wanted to save it for the podcast. Sure. So um, it's kind of, I don't want to say it's clear, but it opens up a lot of questions of whether or not the way he's talking to Hale about his loyalty and about mm-hmm. what he's what his uh, core drive is to do. Um, he says like three or four things alluding to. He makes to. like th- alluding to the fact that, that one, he could be a host himself mm-hmm. and recognizes her, which, which would be crazy. But uh, what I, the, after the second viewing, my opinion of that is that he knows that she is, but he doesn't, maybe not doesn't care, but like he makes a line that says, uh, like my job is to protect the host within the park. Mm-hmm. And clearly he knows that she wants out. Mm-hmm. And he mentions that Ford uh, directly, you know, picked him directly, which could still be that he was a host, mm-hmm. but um, maybe that he was involved in the fact that like, he knows like maybe it's his mission to make sure she gets out. Mm-hmm. And that's where I was going with that. Cause I think we, after the first showing, we both kind of thought, or at least we talked about the idea of him being a host, but after the second viewing, I'm thinking maybe he's not. Yeah. I, that it's a good question. Um, I think they all, but confirmed that he was a host. It, it's not, it's oh, not okay. confirmed, but he says so many different little winky type things. Like, uh, I could easily see it being just him being like, you know, he knows that she's a host. So he's saying you could say it was my core drive and you know, all that. But it's like, he's like the old man hired me so long ago that I can't even remember. I feel like that's one of those things where it's like, you know, he's, he's on a loop or he has memories, but you know, they can't really tell the passage of time because they're just on their program. Uh, and, and you know, the core drive thing is another hint. I think he, it led me to believe that he was actually a host created by Ford, but it is okay. not a hundred percent proven. I don't have anything to, you know, concretely back that up, but that's going to be my theory at least. Okay. Yeah. And, and I, I would go either way, but just after the second viewing, I had doubts. I was like, well, maybe yeah. he's telling her that he knows she is and he's letting her go. He definitely knows she is yeah. regardless. Yeah. So, but yeah, so that was my question. I wanted okay. to address it and see what you and the listeners thought if they, uh, you know, thought either yeah. way or whatever. Cool. So yeah. And then we see, uh, they, we get, uh, she, he gives Hale the okay to go. He tells everybody like, she's good. Let her go. And then, um, he this gets, is when she opens their purse, right? Uh, not yet. She's walking through okay. holding, holding her purse. Mm-hmm. And, uh, looks like she's like holding a gun. Cause she's still skeptical of before she talks to, before she talks to Stubbs and he lets, he lets her through. But, um, he said there's a high priority. Uh, somebody comes up to him and says there's a high priority person in the tent. We find out to be the man in black. Um, so something happened between him being in the shows like this season's timeline to getting to the forge to getting rescued. Um, but we don't know what that is because mm-hmm. we, we agree that there's going to be an, uh, uh, there's a whole nother timeline in which we see him here again in just a little bit after the credits. But And then, of course, with going down the elevator and not running into Bernard. But then, yeah, she gets on the boat. She opens up her purse, and we see that she has like five or six different uh, pearls in her purse. I think it's five. Five? Okay. I think so. I'll confirm that. Uh, I'll look that up, but I believe it's five of them. Okay. And do you have any idea who's, who's they all are? No idea. No, no idea. idea. So Okay. Yeah, so the present day, um, the last thing there at this scene was uh, Felix and Sylvester being talked to by one of the uh, Delos people, uh, cleanup crew, saying uh, they're getting tasked with salvaging. 
and uh, salvage what you can and uh, just go from there. We just need to get this cleaned up. And they look over it. They they look over at Maeve. So you know, I think that they're going to be in good hands. I think Sylvester's come around a little bit with all the shit that he's been through, but like Felix has been loyal to Maeve the whole time. So I think they're going to, you know, there's no way they're getting rid of Maeve after yeah, she's no, the most popular character of this no, season. Not at all. I mean, but she, and I like yeah. that they allude to the fact that she's going to be in good hands, you know, like Absolutely. she's not just going to be like thrown on a boat with, with all the others. Like I think Felix oh, yeah. and Sylvester are going to be responsible for taking care of her. Exactly. So we know that uh, she'll be back and that uh, she'll be, but she's at Westworld. So it's interesting. So we have, Hale, who's really Dolores, uh, Heloris or whatever you want to call her, she's, (laughs) she is left and she's going to the mainland, which we're about to see, but we still have a lot of our hosts that we care about back at Westworld and they're still trying to salvage things. So my, my idea, I don't see how they would do it. I mean, the show is called Westworld. I cannot see them completely getting rid of Westworld. So I feel like it's going to bounce back and forth between our hosts that are out in the real world and the hosts that are still back on West in Westworld. That's my idea. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. I think she's going to be in good hands and, but, uh, Oh, and, and man in black, uh, the real man in black, they say there's a high, we found a high value, uh, a, a VIP or whatever they call them. Yep. Uh, and so we, we see that man in black is passed out on a stretcher. And yep. so they found him. And, and the last time we saw him again was in one of those 27 elevator cut scenes was, uh, yep. he was going down to the forge and we never saw him again. So we're going to answer that or at least connect it in the post credit scene, but we know that they find him. And so that, as we alluded to earlier, that, elevator scene is actually him in a much further Further, future scene yep so yeah and uh before we get to that uh much further future scene there's one more scene with bernard and dolores um in in the future and Mm -hmm. we that common question that he's always asking or or not always asking but we've heard it multiple times throughout the season um he asks is this now Mm -hmm. and uh she says we're exactly where you decided we should be and where are he asked where are we and she and she says she goes on i didn't i just kind of paraphrase everything she and she says ford completed arnold's dream so we know that they're outside of the park Mm -hmm. living living as as hosts in the real world and we see uh we see a hail in the back so i should mention that dolores is back in horror normal host body yeah clearly evan rachel would again and it's dolores so we find out that the beginning of this episode was her talking to bernard or who we found out was actually arnold and so this actually ends and that's how we know that beginning scene was the present day real world scenario so this is that same setting and and yeah and and so that's the big reveal there and uh yeah the clearly it is Dolores in Dolores's body, but there is a ho- uh, uh, some sort of host hail walking around. The question is, who is that? Who because, is it? Yeah, and and who is on all those pearls? So, um, we we know that Bernard's back, but here's where the reason why I don't believe he's one of those pearls is she says that she created him from memories. If she okay. had his pearl, she would have just stuck it in a in a Bernard body. Remember, this is uh, Bernard. Uh, what was it? 18,000 or whatever. I, I don't Something, have, yeah. I don't have my note on me uh, right now, but this is, you know, whatever Bernard test 18,000, if she would have just grabbed his pearl, they can just put that in a, in a host body and that resumes their consciousness. Um, so yeah, uh, a trial number 11,927 is what she says at the beginning of the episode. And the reason why it took that long is she is recreating him from her memories exclusively. So that means to me, she's got five pearls. One isn't Bernard. That leaves a lot of possibilities. 
Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I guess I'm confused. I, and I should, I guess maybe watch it again because I didn't place it. This ending being the same spot as the beginning. I thought the beginning was like when, uh, when she was trying to recreate Arnold, like, cause she has, she says throughout the, in the episode with the man in black, like, you know, I'm the one who created Arnold. So I thought that was what she was referencing at the beginning of the episode. No, there. she, she created, she created Arnold. She created Bernard for Ford, like way pre season one and all that stuff. But that, but that was a different scene. That beginning and end is a bookend. That okay. is her, that is her in the real world. And that's the big reveal because they kept us guessing, we, you know, just like we thought that at the beginning of the season, that was Delor that was Bernard as always questioning Dolores, you know, it's they the tricked us and it's okay. like, Oh my gosh, she's doing a, she's questioning Bernard. But then they tricked us again because it's like, Oh, she's not doing that in the park. She's doing that in the real world. And no, it wasn't her questioning Bernard. It's her questioning Arnold, which was the big reveal in gotcha. the okay. uh, real world. So um, I could be completely wrong, but watching it twice, that is what I gathered from it, that that was the same uh, basement of Arnold's house in the real world. And that that was, um, you know, the same setting may, may not have been the same like hour or the same day. Uh, I took it as being in the okay. same. Yeah. Cause this one, now. he's completely naked. And I think at the beginning of the episode, he was clothed. So I thought it was two different times, but yeah, it could I, be at the same, same place. That's how I took it. Now I could have misunderstood. So again, write us if we misunderstood. Uh, it, it is a minor detail. I don't think that completely, you know, skews your entire viewing or anything, but no. that's, that's how I took it. But, the uh yeah that's the big deal though they're in the real world that's what the takeaway uh, future world yeah to <laughs> summarize to summarize though so we have arnold uh a brand new arnold built from dolores's memories in the real world we have dolores and a dolores body in the real world and now we have a hail host body being controlled by question mark and we have at least four other pearls uh, outside of the hail body, and I don't know who any of them are. Do you have? I mean, we could guess all day long, but do you have any kind of a you know educated guess as to who those would be? No, um, I mean, you think of the big five, you know, the the main characters of the show, but like, why she doesn't would she, have she doesn't have she Abernathy, have right? No, because yeah. Abernathy is, is Delos had it, right? I uh, think so to, to unlock the system or whatever. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess well, she could I mean, but she could have as Charlotte grabbed it. Yeah, yeah. As Charlotte, she could have grabbed it. So maybe she does. Um, I could see Abernathy coming back, which would mean Lewis Hertham. That would be fantastic. Um, who else would she have, though? I don't know. We don't. It, it can't be Teddy because we saw her put him in no. the system. Yeah, Teddy's Teddy's gone. Uh, they uploaded his. I can't imagine she could upload a copy of him and have a copy of him. Like I don't think it would work like that. So yeah. I'm pretty sure Teddy's gone. Um, but like. Uh, all the other hosts like Maeve, Hector, Armistice, they're back on the, you know, they're still in Westworld. Yeah. I just can't think of whose pearls she would. I mean, again, it's all just speculation. I don't have any clues as to who it would be. Uh, this is my guess. I, and I could be wrong here. I'm not saying they don't have any plans at all, but I'm wondering if they don't even know. And as they're writing season three and they see which direction they want to take it, I wonder if they purposely left it open and they're still, they're still deciding uh, who it's going to be. I don't think so. I think I, and what I've read from uh, like the AMA is with Lisa joy and this miscellaneous yeah. interviews there that, that they have, they, like they know what the overall story is and it helps them Let, tell the story, you know, the way they've told it so far is because they know what they're leading to. But 
But, Can I mention uh, one thing real sure. quick? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so no, you can't, Kevin. <laughs> you're <laughs> muted, Brad. Uh, the reason why I, I said that is because I read an interview. I was going to go through. There's actually uh, Lisa Joy and Jonathan Nolan have actually addressed different questions about the finale. And this one that I'm reading on Entertainment Weekly is from a few days ago. And uh, they asked Jonathan Nolan, do you know who each of the balls represent in Dolores' oh, okay. purse? Or is your cast on edge about which characters Dolores found worthy of survival? And Nolan answers, we've had some interesting conversations. It's a large ensemble cast. And sadly, we're saying goodbye to some people at the end of this season. But as always with the show, who remains and who doesn't is something we're having a lot of fun with. There's going to be a bit of a wait for a third season, but we want to surprise and hopefully delight people with the way things progress. So yeah. I don't know if he's being purposefully vague or when he says we've had so. some we've had some interesting conversations. That doesn't sound to me like, yeah, we know and we're not telling you. It sounds like they're having interesting conversations about who it is. Like so I I don't know. I'm I'm I'd, still on the It's fence. one of those things where I would take it, you know, like if you want to theorize, you know, yeah. then I would I would lean on the side of of they don't know who it is and but the other side of me would think you know, if I if I want to think that they have a complete story that they you know they already know what it is, so yeah, we'll see. It, it's yeah. Either way, I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be happy when it finally comes back. So yeah, definitely, we'll be we'll be interested to see. But yeah, I don't think there's any clues, at least that I've found yet. So keep searching. Maybe there's an Easter yeah. egg like with that website or whatnot. Uh, but uh, that pretty much ties it up for uh, uh, pre credits. Uh, the last thing that I think they leave on, which is the frustrating thing to me, is that they basically set it up like a Bernard or an Arnold and Dolores cat and mouse game. And yeah. it's so frustrating because Dolores spends 11,000, almost 12,000 trials to recreate this Arnold from memory only for them to have this conversation of, I, I know that you want to kill them all and, and I can't let you do that. And she says, I know, and you'll probably kill me or we'll probably kill each other, but at least, you know, our kind will have survived or, or, you know, it's like, To me, that's frustrating because if you're Dolores and you have this agenda of I want to get revenge and take out the humans for what they've done or whatever her end goal is, why would you build a foil? Why would you if you're Sherlock Holmes, why would you build a Moriarty? Why would you, you know, if you're Al Pacino in Heat, why would you build a Robert De Niro like or or vice versa? It's just it's frustrating to me because it was clearly a way to head fake. Oh, Bernard's dead. And then head fake. Oh, my gosh. But he's alive again. And we're going to get him back. Like to me, it seemed a little cheap because I don't understand her motivation other than she tries to play it off as like, maybe you could say, Oh, well, you know, he, he brought me back to life. So it's only fair, but that's, that's all, you know, nice and and sweet to say, but is, is someone like Dolores, Wyatt, Deathbringer really going to bring back someone to stop her? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I didn't really think about it until, until preparing for this episode, but I, do you think, do you think it makes sense that she brought him back? I feel like they will make it make sense. Uh-huh. Like they make the end of the, <laughs> I don't know. It sounded funny. They, uh, they say, or like they end it with a monologue by, by Dolores, you know, saying what you said she did the, uh, you know, we'll, we'll probably kill each other or whatever, but she says, we gave each other a beautiful gift and then choice. You know, they were, they've been talking about free will this entire, uh, you know, the entire two seasons and, and like, we are the authors of our stories now. So I feel like he gave, she gave him a chance at, 
doing something, but like, I don't know if she did it because she felt like she owed him or because she even dropped the line earlier. Like I appreciate the second chance Bernard, but uh, I wouldn't have had needed it if you didn't kill me. All right. So she's not really, she doesn't really owe him because he killed her. Like if you're keeping track of points at home, kids, but, but he also brought her back though. Yeah, but exactly. And so it's already, they're already even like, like he killed her. So one point Dolores and then, he brought her back. They're even like, I don't think that she needs to bring him back again. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm, it's something I'm sure they'll eventually address. I don't, I don't really have, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It, it just seems <laughs> silly. It didn't make any sense because literally the dialogue that they have, I'll say it again. Cause I was just paraphrasing earlier, but uh, Dolores said, you live as long as the last person who remembers you, which is the line that we've heard before. And Bernard says, I don't need to read a book to know your drives. You'll try to kill all of them. And I can't let that happen. Dolores responds. I know she then says, you'll try to stop me and both of us will probably die, but our kind will have endured. And so it sounds like it's important and philosophical and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I just don't think it makes sense with she has this agenda she's on. Why, why let someone go that says, I will never stop until you're defeated? Yeah. It's a, I think that's a silly, yeah. just silly writing again. But I don't know. Write in. Tell us what you think. Yeah. And then, th- but then, yeah, that's it for before the credits. And then, uh, after the credits, I think a, a lot of people missed it. Did, did you see it right away? Or did, no, was I, my re- I did yeah. not know we were watching a Marvel movie. I had, I had no idea. Yeah, <laughs> I messaged you and I was like, did you stay after the credits? Yeah, I had no idea at the end of Westworld that you were supposed to save for a post credit scene. Uh, I, you told me because you're like, that man in black. And I'm like, yeah, it's crazy. I guess they found him or whatever. And you're like, did you watch the credits? No, go back. And so I watched <laughs> it and like, it is a crazy mind-blowing scene i i went on twitter afterwards and told everybody because i bet a lot of people turned it off and i uh i was like there's a post-credit scene go back and watch it right now and so uh yeah why don't you set this up all right so yeah uh the the post-credit scene opens with the man in black uh in the elevator where we last saw him uh pre being washed up on the beach or you know passed out on the beach rather Mm -hmm. with the uh with the medical team but so he's going down the elevator the forge is completely run down uh, as as opposed to the last time we saw it and in, in, in contrast to that where it was you know fully functional and they you know bernard and all that stuff was happening in there but now it looks like it's been torn apart there's barely any water in it um just just run down and uh, we see a woman walk out at the bottom um because he's he's uh i guess several floors up but you see a woman walk off in the distance and uh and uh, it's Emily. They do a close-up shot of her, and he just looks completely befuddled. And he goes, "I'm, I'm already in the thing, aren't I?" And he, but at first he's like, "Oh, I knew it." Yeah, like, yeah. He, he says something like, like that. Yeah. yeah, he's like, "Oh, I knew it." Like, like I, I think it semi alludes to the fact that he thought she was a host before, and he still thinks like he because he doesn't know where he is or if he's human or what's going on at this point. Yeah. So he goes, "I'm already in the thing, aren't I?" And she says, "No, the system's long gone." This isn't a simulation, William. This is your world or what's left of it. Do you know where you are? And he says something in regards to long, like, I'm in the park. I'm in my fucking park. You know, like, like that's a total Delos line. Yeah. He's now talking like Jim Delos, which is really funny. He's kind of grown into this thing that, uh, you know, he, he was so different in the beginning. He was so, you know, young and, and, uh, you know, ambitions and all that stuff. And he's yeah. kind of turned into the same thing and literally has turned into the same thing as Jim Delos. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Yeah. And she goes, and she goes, and how long have you been here? He says, I don't know. She goes, tell me when, uh, what were you hoping to find? What were you hoping to prove? 
He goes, that no system can tell me who I am, that I have a fucking choice. And she says, and yet here we are again. And he goes, and again and again, how many times have you tested me? And she goes, so it's been a long time, William, longer than we thought. And this is a conversation that completely mirrors the one he had with Jim Delos in, in and episode in, four. They're in the same observation chamber. Exactly. Or one oh. that looks just like it. I don't think it's the exact same. Yeah. They're in, I, I think a, it may be the same, but it is a, it is the same exact type of sure. chamber. Yep. So it's very, this is very fitting and very full circle for him. The fact oh, that yeah. he was doing this to Jim Delos and now it's spun around on him. It's very interesting. And, and if you believe that the man in black deserves, I mean, some, some karma coming back <laughs> to him, then this is very fitting. Yeah. So her final uh, couple lines is I have a, f- I have a few questions for you. The last steps is a baseline interview to allow us to verify. And he goes to verify what, well, which should all sound familiar to him, but if he's a host, yeah, I don't know which why is, he even questions yeah, this because it's and, like, it's so clear, but yeah, she says fidelity and he gets this look in his eye that dun, like, dun, dun. yeah. And he, and he kind of half smiles before the screen cuts to black. So, you know, that like, he knows that like the system worked or like that he, that he's a host, which is something we've been, questioning all season but this this man in black that we knew throughout the season was clearly not right but he was driven down into like spiraling down into the point where he was thinking he himself he might be that's just why we saw him cut into his arm it's a pretty good head fake because we questioned back and forth we were never really like super on board with the theory but we kept questioning throughout the season is he a host maybe he's a host and it, it kept tricking us and then in the end he wasn't but then he does become one. So it's yeah, funny that in the, the future, yeah, you kind of have your, you know, can have your cake and eat it too. Like, no, he wasn't a host. Like we were pretty sure he wasn't, but then in the end we see a future man and black host. So yeah, yep. uh, it was, uh, it was uh, kind of neat to come around full circle and, and uh, kind of like, yeah, well you deserve it. Uh, man in black. Uh, and he's been through, he's been through test after test. And, and she said it took longer than they anticipated. And so uh, we don't know how long he's been doing this, but uh eventually he gets to the real world or he ends up in the real uh west world that looks to be destroyed and uh and she does uh back that up that it is you know she says it's not a simulation so i i'm really curious if we're gonna see another one of these like maybe it will take the whole season or maybe episode one uh you know what happened to the park or at least uh to see outside of this room like how did how did the future turn out like this yeah, it's going to be a long wait, but I know. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happened. But yeah, that is season two, episode 10, the season finale, The Passenger. We didn't mention it, but I think we should touch upon the title, The Passenger. Uh, this one they actually give to us. So a lot of times we try to figure it out and it's come from translations or we have to seek right. a deeper meaning. Uh, but they actually give us the meaning and it all has to do with when they're back inside of the forge and they're talking about humans and how they really are, you know, only those 10,000 some odd lines of code and how they think they have choice, but really they're just along for the ride, a passenger delivered by Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, this, uh, this was an excellent season. I think that it had, there were obviously ups and downs. Uh, we're going to get into it more and look at the overall season at a future date. Um, but I think this is a serviceable finale. Um, it wasn't my favorite episode of the season. Uh, obviously there were some nitpicky things, but overall, as far as the big picture direction they took, other than the, the bringing Bernard back and kind of leaving him just to, to chase down Dolores. Um, I'm pretty happy with how the characters ended up and wrapped things up. Uh, yeah, I think I think uh, I think they answered a fair amount of questions and uh, posed some interesting uh, thoughts for us to think about the next uh, one to two years. 
yeah, it's been it's been a hell of a ride. What would uh, you mentioned? It's not your favorite episode, which is fine. What uh, what would you uh, say your favorite episode of the season was? Or should we save that for the uh, for the wrap up episode? No, I think it's fair. Uh, I can at least tell you what I think it is now, and I don't know if that will change upon further look. But the uh, Riddle of the Sphinx, yeah, that's what I keep going back to. Is an too. amazing episode. Kick Soya, which was episode eight, all revolving around Akacheda. Yep. Um, yep. Both was, of those are the ones that that, go, that come to my mind, those two and, yeah. then and the then, finale, because we get all the answers. Yeah. And then, I mean, there's Shogun World, don't forget. I know you really like that yeah, episode. Yeah, but I thought it was cool, like a, a cool new setting, but like, uh, yeah. you know, they, they just went there for like an episode and a half, right? And I, I think it was just, you know, I don't know, because they, they teased it at the end of the last episode or the last season. Yeah. And, um, I guess I thought it was going to be a bigger part. I mean, sure. I don't know. Like, like you said, your biggest complaint about Shogun World when we were there was that it just it was just recreating Westworld, which yeah. was part of the the narrative of of Lee. It was like, oh, of course, I pulled from this and this and all the time, but yeah, um, we didn't get enough new. Like, I wanted yeah. to see more of it. I, I agree. It's it definitely wasn't one of my favorites. I liked a lot of elements of it, but I wouldn't rank it uh, that highly. Uh, that it's, was, yeah. it's definitely Riddle of the Sphinx. Um, definitely Kixoya. I, um, I think Riddle's my favorite. Yeah. Um, I mean. I wouldn't put this. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I think it was cool. We got a 90 minute episode, a lot of answers like we talked about. I don't think I would rank it as a favorite though. I think it definitely is between, uh, was it episode four is rule of the yep. Sphinx. Yep. So four or eight. Uh, yep. Those are the those are my two picks, and so yeah, let's uh, when we come back and we wrap up the season, maybe if we've uh, given the entire season a watch back, especially knowing what we know now, I wonder if our opinions will change at all. Yeah, that's a good uh, good idea, and I, I do intend to to watch it from the beginning too, the season one even. So awesome. Um, yeah, we'll uh, have to work out a recording schedule, and and I'll make sure to get that rewatched and be happy to talk about it again yeah we'll get some time give everybody time to theorize do their reading uh everyone can can go back and watch the season for themselves uh and uh, of course uh, we'll let you know when a new episode is live but uh, that does it for this episode so again season two episode 10 the passenger uh that is westworld season two it's been a really fun season i've immensely enjoyed watching the shows week to week uh going back taking all our notes going deep dive and, and especially talking about everything with uh my co-host brad and uh having you guys listen along so thank you everyone for subscribing listening sharing the show uh it's been great um i will uh we have one listener question that i want to answer before we completely wrap up here though uh we have actually uh, a tweet that we got in uh right before the show started and uh, it's from Jermaine, who's at Vape Trees on Twitter. And uh, his question was, will Bernard rebuild Dolores to counter Charloris in a future <laughs> timeline? So so this is something that we can think on. And you can give me a quick thought if you have one, Brad. But do you think that, uh, do you think that there will be an evil Dolores versus, or, or you know, a, a Deathbringer Dolores versus a good Dolores in the uh, real world? Well, I don't know how there could be. I I think it might get confusing with multiple yeah. like if there's if there's of, a Wyatt yeah. Dolores inside of Hale, that that's three different characters Wyatt Dolores and Hale yeah uh, in one and then like the sweet you know rancher girl Dolores in another that but I, I, I don't, just don't, I don't we, think... we saw we saw yeah. Hale like a, a Hale host at the end and we saw Dolores being like the Wyatt Dolores in her uh-huh. her physical form at the same time yeah I. We, and we don't know who's in the Hale body. I mean, yeah. it could be Hale, but like, I don't see her turning around and like, you know, like I can't imagine that she that she was able to. I mean, it's possible, but I can't imagine that she took 
the hail book or whatever. Remember she had our, all her lines of code or whatnot um, that she would have taken hail because hail had such an agenda for the company. Yeah. Like hail was Della. She was a lackey. Again, we talked about it in this episode that she would do anything to protect the company, save her own ass. But even if he rebuilt Dolores, like, I don't know how she would fare against a Wyatt Dolores, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know what we, we would get the Dolores we love, but it's a sweet Dolores that I, yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I don't see it happening, Jermaine. I'm sorry, but uh, Hey, you know what? You will see anything can happen. Uh, there's, uh, quite a while before the next season. So uh, speculate, theorize, uh, write us with your theories. Uh, definitely join the conversation. You can always tweet at us at all the spoilers. Uh, and then, of course, you can email us at the show spoilers on gmail.com. We'll try to periodically check that in the off season. And uh, if you want some real active discussion for whether it's television shows like Westworld, movies of the week uh, that we cover on Real Spoilers, you can do that at facebook.com slash real spoilers and then join the League of Show Shares. Uh, we have quite a bit of activity there. There's a few hundred people uh, discussing things all the time, every day on there. So it's a lot of fun. You can follow us on Twitter personally. Uh, you can follow me at Kevin R. Brackett on Twitter. And Brad, where can the fine folks find you? I am also on Twitter at Heineken, H-E-Y-E-N-I-K-I-N. Okay. Well, uh, again, it's been a pleasure. It's been a lot of fun this season. Brad, uh, I've had a great time talking with you uh, on this show. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been a, it's been an awesome time. So again, thank you everyone for listening. And uh, we will be back sometime in the coming weeks with a season retrospective. Yep. Can't wait. All right, everyone. Take care. Thanks a lot. Mm-hmm.